Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Kirk McElhern, podcaster, near to well. No, that's not what he is. He doesn't live in the palatial estate in France anymore either, but he's also a commentator on all things technology and music and everything like that. A little bit later, Jeff Gamut from the Mac Observer will join us. All this and more excitement on the Tech Night Owl Live. Now, Kirk, before we get on with our stuff this week, I assure you we probably will not discuss the disclosure of some of those secret Kennedy assassination documents. This is not for the show. That's for the Paracast, where we might. You never know. So what's happening to you in your world, Kirk? Well, I attended something last week, and it's interesting because there's an overlap in our interests. I saw Ian McKellen perform King Lear in a little theater in the south of England. You know, I know Ian McKellen as a Shakespearean actor and an excellent actor, whereas you know Ian McKellen from his roles in the superhero movies that you like. In Lord of the Rings, in... Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, someone in X-Men. X-Men. He's one of the X-Men. He was the guy who was the pal of Patrick Stewart in real life and in the movies. Of course, Patrick Stewart was supposedly the hero. He was able to make it so he would engage... I don't know anything about X-Men, but I've long been a fan of Ian McKellen, and King Lear is, is an extraordinary role. Um, he performed it 10 years ago here in Stratford-upon-Avon before I lived here, and there was a film made of it, which is really brilliant. So the opportunity to see him do this live on a small stage from the front row, and this is his last Shakespeare performance he announced in a, an interview recently. Um, it was really something. I know you don't care about the King Lear part, but the Ian McKellen thing, I, th- I think it's interesting that an actor like this has the type of career that can span everything from classical theater to modern superhero movies. Well, he's 400 years old. You have to expect this. He might be. Hard to tell. He does look quite old, and they say he's 78 years old. Um, King Lear is a play that's more than three hours long, and at the end, he carries his dead daughter out on his back. And I have to say, for a 78-year-old man, he showed a remarkable amount of stamina. Okay. You can see my review on my website, so you can see some of the photos from the from the production. Um, he does look old. Obviously, the role of King Lear is a man that's very old who's losing his mind, but he really plays this role very well. I guess if you are a fan of King Lear, if you are a fan of Ian McKellen, and do you know one of the movies he appeared in, which nobody remembers, he appeared as Margot Lane's dad in The Shadow with Alec Baldwin as The Shadow back in the 1990s. Was he in that movie? I didn't remember that. Yes, he played Margot Lane's father, this kind of goofy kind of scientist, nuclear scientist. I liked that movie. Okay. Nobody else did. Because I grew up listening to radio. And The Shadow was a big character on radio. And The Shadow, as you'll see if you ever look at the beginning of the movie version with Alec Baldwin. So, of course, The Shadow was a masked vigilante who learned his skills in the Orient. And in the movie Batman Begins, Batman learned his skills in the Orient. Isn't that a coincidence? Yeah, because Batman, in some respects, is kind of based on the shadow. Both the millionaire playboys. Sarcastic. I know. 
But people forget the shadow. They forget the influences. I know. And we've discussed the shadow many times. I'm a big fan of the shadow. I used to read the books. I never really paid attention to the radio show. Um, I was too young when it was on. And you can hear some of it online and download them. And I don't really like the radio show that much. But I used to read the books that were written by Walter B. Gibson, who was a famous magician back in the day. In the early days, Walter B. Gibson was a frequent guest on the Long John Nebel radio show in New York City. So he wrote under the name, I think, Maxwell Grant, like yes. 300 short novels. Yeah. 300 of The yeah. Shadow. Now, The Shadow in the novels was not the same as The Shadow in the movies. No. Because they played it for laughs. They also took this new movie, the one with Alec Baldwin from the 90s, they kind of played it over the top, but had a lot of the elements there. And the style and the sets were just great. And Alec Baldwin's dark side shone through. And maybe that's why he didn't want to do another one, even if they made one. Because you got to see him as a nasty guy, which he could be. I think this is, I don't like the word franchise for this, but this is a character who could be renewed these days. The, the way people are approaching movies. I mean, it would have to be done in the sort of anti-superhero movie, in other words, not with magic and uber-violence and all that, it would have to take advantage of the, the skills of the shadow, the power he has to cloud men's minds. And I think someone could take that if with the right actor and make a good series of movies. Okay, so who is a young Alec Baldwin? I thought he was perfect for the role because of the dark Don't think nature. of a young Alec Baldwin. Think of a young shadow. A young shadow who would play Think of someone who could, I mean, I can't think offhand of an actor who could do something like that, but what's his name? The guy in the Dark Tower, not Idris Elba, the other one. Actually, I was thinking here. Unfortunately, the guy who could have done the shadow already played Batman, Christian Bale. No, I don't see him as the shadow. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, I think, is a little older. You'd want somebody in his late 20s or early 30s. And McConaughey I'm not sure is how important that is for the story of The Shadow. I think you'd have a lot of flexibility. The Shadow is a New York character. And McConaughey has a very, very distinct Southern accent that he doesn't really ever lose, does he? Well, Idris Elba's English and he does American accents quite well. Well, Idris um, Elba is a totally different kind of actor. No, I'm saying what I mean is that actors can work with different accents. They're not locked into their native accents. I like to see a darker shadow. Who would play the, the shadow? <laughs> Listeners, let's just, you know, instead of talking about the shadow for the rest of the episode. Listeners, if you have any idea after looking into the character and understand it's something like Batman, okay? He's a rich playboy and part-time kind of amateur detective, and then he becomes the shadow. Someone like that. I think like he has that. to be played more like a James Bond character. And I don't think Alec, Alec Baldwin had that. He has to have that suave attitude of a James Bond. You think so? Yeah. Because the difference is that when he's in his normal guise as a rich whatever... Lamont is, Cranston, wealthy young man yes. about town. Yes, he is a wealthy young man about town, and he exudes that wealth, and he just gets everything right. He picks the right wine with each meal, and he has the right watch, and he has the right cufflinks and all that. So he has to be someone who has a certain level of class. An American James Bond or a British actor who could do a really good American accent. And I'm thinking, who? How about the guy who played the saint on a TV show? He appeared as the descendant of an Arab dictator in a TV show called Tyrant. 
And then he appeared as the saint. And he has kind of that style about him. I thought of him as a possible James Bond. I forget the guy's name. He's a fellow like in his late 30s. And if you look at the movie database, we'll take a look at Tyrant and see the name of the actor. All right? You have to see it's on Netflix. It's Adam Rayner is the name I of the actor. I don't know who that is. And you have to see him without his beard. Look him up, Adam Rayner. And he played in Tyrant. His age is about right. He's just about 40. He's British, but certainly can do an American accent. And I think he can be sort of a dark character. So, you know, if you want to see that, look him up. That's a possibility. And he's not that well known. Okay, I'm going to give you uh, a name that's a bit off the wall. But if you think about it, it might be ideal. Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Daniel Radcliffe. Um, I mean... He's old enough now. Yes, he is. He's 28. He is, you kind of want somebody who's possibly taller than him. He's not a very big guy. But then, you know, let's take a look here. He's five foot five, my friend. I yeah, think, but you just get short people around him. <laughs> of, yeah, you just hire a bunch of short actors and you give them platform shoes. It'll be fine. Let's see, Alan Ladd was a famous movie actor. Hero was five foot six. We got more to come with Kirk McElhern if we figure this out on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. 
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Do you have difficulty taking supplements? Are you searching for a high-quality, complete nutritional drink that your whole family will love? Nutramedical's Life Support has arrived. All of your daily nutritional requirements in one quick, delicious drink. Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support is a proprietary blend of vegan protein, activated vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, probiotics, green tea, digestive enzymes, anti-inflammatories, cancer prevention, detoxification, and much more. Your body will high-five you for this one. Life Support is the best, complete, nutritious meal replacement on the market. Whether you are an elite athlete, have post-operative challenges, chronic illness, elderly, or a family that just wants a quick, delicious drink, try Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support for optimized nutrition in one great-tasting smoothie. Just add cold water, almond milk, fruit, or anything else you like. Nutramedical's Life Support. Try our great-tasting chocolate or vanilla today. Call 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Nutramedical.com for the whole family. If you or someone you care about loves outdoor adventure, then check out Slingbow.com for some unique holiday gift ideas. That's Slingbow.com, where we have some innovative new products for the archer, hunter, or bow fishing enthusiast in your family. Now through January, use the promo code HOLIDAY to get free shipping in the U.S. or Canada. And from all of us at Slingbow Industries, have a safe, joyous, and peaceful holiday season. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we're now, of course, doing casting here. We're going to cast the shadow. Okay, a brand new version of the shadow. And you have to look up the character. And I recommend that you go online, see if they can download maybe some of the old books. You can find all of them online. Sure. Look up the shadow and think of which actors might work. I said Adam Rayner because I thought playing a Simon Templer, who was kind of that Bond kind of character, was very good. I thought he was good at that. The Saint, it's on Netflix if you want to see exactly what he did. He played a good action hero there, and you want someone like that. He's about the right age, maybe at the higher end of it. He's also a potential James Bond replacement, by the way. Well, everyone's a potential James Bond replacement, let's be honest. Okay. And definitely not Chris Pine, because he's in too many franchises already. Although they killed him off in Wonder Woman, so you never know. Well, that's the thing. You need to have an actor who's not in other superhero movies. You can't have that sort of bleed from one superhero to the other. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm just looking at a couple of web pages of, of young actors, like under 30. I got a guy who, who's already played Superman, but only for a couple of episodes. Tyler Hoechlin. He was in a movie as a kid, Road to Perdition, a movie. He played in Teen Wolf. He played Superman in four episodes of Supergirl. He's the right age. He has that dark look about him. 
because he played a werewolf also. He's the right height and build. You know, I always saw the Shadow as a character who is an unlikely hero, who's more... I'm trying to think of, you know, a tall, gangly English actor, right? Young Jeremy Irons. He's more young Jeremy Irons than sort of Chris Helmsworth or something. I don't see him as the likely superhero in the stories. Well, remember, his power is mental, not physical, but he also has to pull off the playboy angle. Right, and that's why I see more the playboy than the superhero in casting that. Look up Tyler Hoechlin and tell me if he doesn't have the look. Point is here, he played in Teen Wolf, he also played Superman, and he plays Clark Kent with a really good touch of low-key humor. And you need that humor. Mm, I don't see it. See, he looks too Latin lover. You think so? Yeah, the shadow to me is like a a pasty-faced wasp guy. His normal character is not one that you would expect to be a superhero. I think that's a lot of the story of the shadow is that, that people look at him and they think, oh, you can't be anyone important. You're just some guy who goes around town. But you have to have somebody, I think, who makes it as the playboy. You have to look at this guy and say, yeah. Yes. And that's, that's why I said he's got to have the James Bond attitude to be the playboy. Okay. So anybody we consider for James Bond. Exactly. Can be a shadow. Right. That to me works. He has to be the kind of, Daniel Craig is too confident. He's got to be someone who isn't overly confident. Well, Daniel Craig doesn't even have the look of James Bond, but he's pulled it off. He's too short. He's got light hair. Yeah, but we think of James Bond as Sean Connery, although maybe he not necessarily was the right James Bond. It's just he was the guy who they cast and that set the standard. But we're trying to find who would be the ideal person. Folks, write news at technightnow.com who should play the shadow and maybe kirk and i I, can produce it i found the answer and you cannot contest my answer this is he's not an actor but he would be the per he's got the perfect look for the shadow justin trudeau okay all right so folks here's what we're going to do again write to news at technightnow.com suggest the actor you think could pull off the shadow he has to be the Free-willing playboy, but maybe a touch of menace that you see every so often. And of course, he has the power to cloud your mind so you cannot see him. He's the shadow. And he can wear that silly costume like Alec Baldwin did. A young Alec Baldwin, he was young then. He was in his, what, late 20s, early 30s when he did the role. I thought he actually had the character down fairly well. Kirk doesn't. Yeah, Why but do I don't think care? he had the look of the character. Well, I don't know, because if you look at the people who played the Shadow in the 40s, they were just mainstream actors, B-movie actors who played heroes. Let's talk about the hot issues in the tech field. And to show you what's really happening, as we talk, of course, Apple already allegedly sold out the first online allotment of the iPhone ten. So... By the Amazing, thir- isn't it? I, I mean, I could put on sale, you know, one item of something and then say it's sold out. I'm exaggerating a little bit. Um, I, I think the sellout is more the lack of availability than an overwhelming demand. Of, of course, it could be the confluence of the two. Uh, everything that we've been seeing has suggested that the iPhone 8 isn't selling very well. 
that a lot of people were waiting for the iPhone X. Um, but it's also very likely that Apple just didn't have too many to sell. And I, I find it very surprising that Apple's shares have gone up currently at the time we're recording. Um, so about halfway through the day in the U.S., more than 3% um, on news that the phone has sold out. Yet all that means is that there weren't enough to meet demand. And if a company can't make enough product to meet demand, that's not a good thing. Right. The question is, is there anything Apple could have done to improve yield rates? And I don't know, because you've got some new stuff in there. Not the OLED display. That's been done already, even though quantities are not super high. It's Face ID and the true depth camera and all that stuff. Could Apple have done better that they bite off more than they can chew? Or they, do they realize, hey, you know what? Maybe we'll suffer all right, for a small amount. We don't know. There have been reports that they had problems um, making part of this um, Face ID camera. Apparently, it's in two parts. One is the camera and the other is the part that projects the dots. And Apple actually came out a couple of days ago and very surprisingly issued a press release um, refuting this. The, the, the suggestion that they weren't able to produce as many as possible. And Apple never does that. Yeah, but um, the they, actual complaint, Kirk, was that Apple had lowered their standard for quality control in uh, order yes, to get correct. more units in the chain. This yeah. was a story from Bloomberg. And Apple said, no, that's not true, which doesn't mean anything to me, except it's possible Apple had a higher spec at one time, and this was the best they could do. I just think Apple's just going to bite the bullet. Maybe this quarter will be a little underwhelming. But once they get enough of these things out and they get everything perfected, it's going to be pretty good. It could be, but this, of course, leads to a problem with the upgrade program where you're, you've got a 12-month upgrade plan and then you're skewing it. So if people don't get this phone until, say, December, but next year the new phone comes out in October, then they can't get the new phone right away. And every time the delivery slips another month, it puts people out of sync with that 12-month period. Of course, they can fix that. They can tell people, well, you've had it 10 months, we'll let you upgrade now. But I, I find that a little bit of a problem that they've been committing to providing phones to people every 12 months. We'll have more on this with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest-priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Makes the perfect stocking stuffer. Get your Bug Assault today. 
heart disease is on the rise. Clogged arteries, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol levels may not be fully detected by you, but the symptoms are there. Loss of energy, blood sugar spikes and drops, poor circulation, and irregular heartbeat are just a few of these that can alert you that something is wrong. Hear how heart and body extract is making a difference in thousands of people's lives across America. My blood pressure has normalized. My diabetes has totally improved. Everyone is telling me now how much healthier I look, and I'm telling everyone how much healthier I feel. I recommend heart and body extract to everyone. Anybody over 40 in the North American continent should be using this product as a preventative to keep their cardiovascular system healthy. Order your two-month supply today by calling 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. Or order online, hbextract.com. Heart and body extract, 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Message and data rates may apply. Warning. Texting while driving is illegal just about everywhere. So if you want to take advantage of a life-changing LASIK offer, pull over when you can, because a special opportunity is just one text away. The LASIK Vision Institute is offering absolutely free evaluations and dramatically low prices on high-quality LASIK. Text the keyword CLEAR55 to 350350 to get the benefit of FDA-approved LASIK technology that gives the majority of patients 20-20 vision for a fraction of what others charge. Text to schedule your free appointment to see if LASIK is right for you. When you text CLEAR55 to 350350, you'll also get an extra 20% discount off our already low-cost services. We've already performed over a million procedures. Today, it's your turn. Discover how you can get the quality LASIK experience you've always wanted for a fraction of what others charge. This great offer is just a text away. Text CLEAR55 to 350350. That's C-L-E-A-R 55 to 350350. People search the internet for everything, including you. With a few clicks, information from your past can be quickly discovered. From business deals gone wrong, to misleading reviews, negative articles, and unflattering images. Studies show 78% of people search for someone online before doing business with them. Will they find the real you? With ReputationDefender.com, you can establish a positive internet presence. ReputationDefender.com pioneered the field with over a decade of experience, serving thousands of successful individuals and businesses. We use patented, award-winning systems to boost positive content and suppress negative material. Don't let the internet define you. Take control of your reputation today with ReputationDefender.com. For your quick, free reputation analysis, call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771, 800-831-0771, or visit reputationdefender.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So I think the long and short of it is we talked with Kirk McElhern here about the iPhone 10 and about the severe backorder situation. Could Apple have done anything or are they just prepared to have a quarter that's going to be a little underwhelming because of the backorder situation? They'll catch up next year. It's entirely possible, but it's hard to predict what's going to happen. If the iPhone 8 hasn't been selling well because people have been waiting for the iPhone X, it's possible that given the current delays, and we're talking about eight hours after the iPhone X went on sale, 
showing five to six weeks for delivery, it's very possible that people will just give up and end up buying the iPhone 8. So on the one hand, they've got that sort of backup device, and, and they probably prefer that people buy the iPhone 8. So it may not actually affect their bottom line. The people may go for the other phone instead of waiting for the one that they really wanted. I'm sure Apple understood this when they went into it, that there would be problems. They can't be that foolish. I mean, some of the tech media wants to say, hey there, Apple is dumb. They don't know what they're doing. They've lost their mojo. No, they're doing something that's brand new. It's a brand new product. It's not the first iPhone that's been backordered. It may be more severe than other iPhones, but it's not the first one. It's not going to be the last. And if this is the demand, if there's a really big demand for this product, as they get these things into the channel, they know every single thing they could sell, they'll sell. Some people will simply buy other iPhones and not wait. And in the end, if this quarter isn't quite what they expect, next quarter will be. Yeah, and maybe some people will defect and buy the Google phone because that's going to be full of fun. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a wonderful phone. <laughs> okay. I've seen some things about that. We've all experienced screen burning, and, and we used computers back in the day when you actually used a screensaver to prevent screen burn-in rather than just to, to display something attractive on your screen. A phone getting screen burn-in after a week? I mean, seriously? What's going to happen after a year to that thing? We're talking here, by the way, about what is it, an OLED phone? I believe it is, yeah. Which is OLED's not supposed to have burn-in. It's not supposed to burn in, exactly. So what the heck is going on here? And of course, you some people say that the pixels are the greatest things in sliced bread, but they seem to forget something. And that is Google has never sold a lot of their custom phones. They had the Nexus phone. And I guess the Nexus didn't do well, so they have the Pixel phone by Google, which does no better. It's available only, what, one or two carriers? Uh, it's just better for now. It's, it's brand new. But I think it's a very good thing that Google was committed to making hardware. You know, they've been coming out with the that Google Home and a couple of other devices. I think it's good that we have more competition in the hardware area. Yeah, but it's the same thing. You bring out these products and they offer the pure Google experience. But as phones, compared to Samsung, compared to Apple, compared to other companies, they're mediocre. They're not that good. What's the point of showing the way and not come out with a decent product? Now, we might look as another example of the Surface from Microsoft, which was given no recommendation from Consumer Reports. Of course, Consumer Reports, I have questions about their technology reviews, but they claim that the reliability of the Surface, the ones that their readers have had and reported on, is not very good. So it's a not recommended product. And Microsoft managed to get sales up to a billion dollars in the last quarter, which they say is pretty good. And I think that's a fraction I've of heard, the number of Macs that I've are heard sold. Good things about, I've heard good things about the Microsoft Surface. It's not that whether it's a good computer or not, it's the reliability. And the reliability being subpar could be an issue. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I've, I've heard from a number of people that they like it. And, and I think that the Google phone, you know, it could be teething problems uh, because w what i find interesting is that google is going into the phone the hardware itself is not the most important thing apparently the camera is very good but it's the software that's running a lot of the things the software behind the camera the software behind the personal assistant and all that sort of stuff you know google is trying to create their own hardware ecosystem with the google home and with their vr goggles that i think we're still a little bit too early for that and with the 
is it called the Pixel Book? The Pixel Book with their new Chromebook. Now, that's overpriced, but I think they're starting to make inroads in a market where they can probably do better in the coming years. I, I personally, we talked about this last year, I personally think the Chromebook is, is a pretty good idea for most computer users. I don't think the price of the Pixel Book is a good idea. Uh, it's a thousand pounds here, so it's probably a thousand dollars in the US. I, I would see a Chromebook as being a $500 computer, but it's attractive, it, it hinges around to be a tablet. Um, I, I think it's a good thing that Google is in the hardware market, period. We can criticize them and we can say, well, maybe it's not as good as possible, but they've got enough money to commit to this for the long term. And this is just better for everyone that we get more competition. They've been making Nexus phones for years. They didn't do well. Now we have Pixel phones. It's kind of like Microsoft, where Microsoft, when they can't sell a product very well, they change the name and they continue and they try something new. Let's go back to the iPhone 10 because here's something which has a technology twist to it in some ways iPhone 10 orders held up by credit freezes put in place after Equifax hack. Now, as listeners outside the U.S. may not realize, Equifax was one of three major credit bureaus, and they were hacked. Now, whatever the problem is, people who were impacted, if they join up with this credit monitoring service called Trusted ID that's being supplied by Equifax, you get an automatic freeze on your credit. And what that means is nobody could look at your credit report from Equifax unless you contact Equifax and say, let them do it. This is not like a credit lock. A lock means you have the power with each transaction to unlock your credit report for a specific company, like a car finance company or a bank or whatever. With a freeze you have to contact the credit bureau. It's kind of complicated. So therefore, people who want to buy an iPhone with their upgrade program, they have to have their credit checked. But their credit checked, if they use Equifax, and they can use one of the three credit reporting agencies, if they use Equifax, there's a freeze. Suddenly, you can't get your order through until you call Equifax and say, release it so I can get my order processed. So it's yeah, a problem that's, that's of their crazy, creation... Yeah. But it's screwing people. Yeah. Well, it's not Apple's fault. Uh, I mean, you know, for a long time I lived in France and there were no credit reporting bureaus there. But in the UK there are. In France, if you wanted to get credit on something, you'd have to apply with, you'd have to have proof of like tax forms of how much you've earned and things like that. And it was all an ad hoc system. I Now that I'm living under that system, which really didn't exist, I think, when I left the States, or at least not very much. I left the States in 84. It turns out that it's a pretty, it's just a weird system because anyone can add information and, and people checking your credit actually dings your credit number, your credit rating. And the, this sort of thing with, with hacks, with Equifax, um, makes it harder to buy things. And it's just, it's a system that really shouldn't be working because it's preventing people from buying things that they want to buy or in some cases that they need to buy. And it's turning people down maybe for mortgages or other types of loans. Yet the whole system itself is broken. Obviously, that's not the topic for this podcast, um, but you brought it up. And I, I think people are just paying the price for that, um, you know, if they want to buy it on credit. Well, here's the situation. And that is that people are buying or trying to buy a product from Apple. Technology, the iPhone 10. But because of the Equifax hack and the side effects of that, 
they can't buy the product in a timely fashion because of that. Anyway, from Apple, we are thrilled to be taking orders for iPhone 10, the future of the smartphone. We can see from the initial response, customer demand is off the charts. We're working hard to get this revolutionary new product into the hands of every customer who wants one as quickly as possible. We will keep accepting orders online, and iPhone 10 will be available at Apple retail stores on Friday, November 3rd, starting at 8 a.m., as well as from our carrier and retailer partners around the world. That's Apple's statement. We'll have more to come on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Most people think life insurance pays after you're dead. That's true. But did you know you can have tax-free access to your life insurance while you're still alive? You can use the life benefits of your life insurance to grow your money with certainty and guarantees. No stock market risk, no tax risk, and no penalties. Call Life Benefits if you'd like a free book about how this can be done. Call 702-660-7000. That's 702-660-7000. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. 
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So we know what Apple says. Of course, it's normal corporate spin. And there are other words we can use, but this is a family radio show on radio stations regulated by the Federal Communications Commission. Kirk McElhern, is this telling us anything at all, or is it spin? Is the real demand really, really that high? We don't know how high. It, it could be, but you know what I find interesting is that Tim Cook developed his reputation as the guy who mastered the supply chain. Um, yet we've seen, since he's been running the company, a number of instances like this where uh, people can't get phones. Um, the AirPods. How many months were the AirPods listed at three to four weeks delivery? Uh, Aren't I think they it's only still? A month. Aren't they still? No, I just looked there. I just looked. I could get one for next week. I got one on the first day. Uh, I hadn't been planning to. Was this last? Was this a year ago? They went on sale the same day as the iPhone Seven, I believe. Um, and I hadn't been planning to. And I went to the Apple website and I saw they were available for next week delivery. So I said, why not? But following that, it was three or four weeks until about a month ago. So this is nearly a year that they were unable to supply this product. Now, it seems that the guy who mastered the supply chain didn't master it that well. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe because of the fact that he over, shall we say, overestimated his capability to manage the supply chain, they've taken on challenges that were much harder to deliver on, you see. So that may also be that way. So if you know you can do 10 laps as a swimmer, so I'll take on 12 next week, but you still do 10, but you need to do 12 to meet your promise. So Apple knows it can do 50 million or something, but they need to build 70 million. And Tim Cook said, okay, fine, we'll build 70 million, but you can't. Imagine that, in a few quarters, Apple's selling 100 million iPhones per quarter. 
the problem isn't Apple. The problem is the entire supply chain. The problem is Samsung, who makes the memory or the, the flash drives, and, and LG, who makes the displays, whatever it is. All these companies have to build these products and bring them to the factories. Um, maybe Apple is getting to the point where their production is just too high for these supply chains to manage. That, you know, remember, each component manufacturer has to make an investment to make a factory, and they're trusting Apple to make that factory profitable. Um, and it's it's a risk for everyone. They don't want to overcommit. So if they undercommit, that means you know they're they're unable to provide as many components as needed. And then maybe some other company's going to get it, uh, get the contract. But then if they overcommit, they may lose money because they'll have a, a half-empty factory. It's not a simple process. You know, the day might come when Apple simply can't do this, that there's not enough capacity to make as many iPhones as they can actually sell. So come back. Is that Tim Cook's fault? Or are they in a situation where they're building a product, people want it? Maybe they have to rethink the supply chain. Well, maybe they have to develop their own supply chain. You know, they're making their own processors now for the phones. Maybe they're going to need to make their own processors for computers. Maybe they need to make their own display panels, um, their own flash memory, their own RAM. Uh, because remember, uh, Apple is competing with other companies who need these same components for their phones and for their computers. Um, now, the display in a $100 Android phone is nowhere near the same as the display in an iPhone, but it's still the same kind of factories that are building these. So if you've got, well, let's say, 100 million currently Android phones every quarter, which might be a valid number, Android far outsells. If you take all Android phones together, they outsell the iPhone. And you add on to this the iPhone, then there is a competition among these various companies who need these components. And it simply be that they've reached a point where these companies simply don't have the capacity in their factories. And you know, building a factory to make this sort of things is not something you do in a few months. These are long-term projects. Well, this is why, for example, Apple wanted to invest in the purchase of Toshiba to get more memory chips. Yeah. Because one of the problems right now, and one reason why the iPhone pricing is a little bit higher, is that memory is costing more because it's harder to get in the quantities they want. So Apple's also looking into other display technologies, not just OLED. That might be an interim step. There's a new technology that they're working on. The point being here is Apple surely knows this and realizes that at some point something has to give and something needs to be done to expand the supply chain to allow them to build 100 million iPhones a quarter if that's what's necessary. I, they have yeah, to know that. And one other thing that, that that's happening is uh, these factories that build these components and, and assemble the phones and all that are moving to other countries. When you and I were young, made in Japan was pretty much a derogatory thing to see on the box of a technological product. You assumed that it was poorly made and it was cheap. And this was because Japan was rebuilding after World War II. And when Japan's products got better, um, the cheaper country to build things was Taiwan. So we saw made in Taiwan and we thought this was cheap. Then Taiwan became expensive. And now China is becoming expensive and they're starting to build factories in India and even in some other southeastern Asian countries, I think Vietnam and Cambodia and even Africa. So you've got the fact that these countries who are doing all this manufacturing work are pulling themselves up out of poverty and into the middle class, which means that it's becoming more expensive and actually too expensive to build the products 
for more advanced countries. And, you know, iPhone is a perfect example. Understand, Kirk, we're soon going to run out of countries. We will in, in, a, in a generation or two. See, right now, Apple's making a big deal cozying up to the government of India to set up plants there and everything. Sure. Yeah, they're planning ahead. But, you, you know, I think we're going to have more robots doing these things. I mean, there are already a lot of robots on these assembly lines, but there are still people who have to build the robots. And I think we're going to get a lot more automation in the coming years, which will make it possible to do these things more cheaply. But you've still got to spend the money to build the factory with the robots in the first place. I mean, it's it's quite fascinating when you look at the, the big picture of this, how, you know, in the past 60 or 70 years, these different countries have become richer as as a result of doing manufacturing like this. Well, there's also the illusion that somehow we can bring more manufacturing back to this country. It's almost political. I want to just go low key on this. But what a lot of companies are doing in the U.S., and this is cars, too, is putting more and more automation and improving efficiency. So, yes, you will still be able to hire people, but ultimately those people will manage the robots. Yeah, and these are high-skilled jobs. These aren't um, manufacturing-level skill jobs. You know, the whole idea that um, certain politicians have suggested that Apple build iPhones in the U.S., it's pretty ridiculous. If you've ever seen any of these documentaries about the way Foxconn factories work and, you know, people working 12-hour shifts living in dormitories, there's no way Americans would work like this. Well, you see, here's the problem. You get the same people who pick the vegetables and the fruits and you teach them. No, seriously speaking, what's going to happen here is Foxconn is going to be building a plant in Wisconsin. We don't know what's going to be like yet. We just know what the politicians say. Dimes to donuts, there will be more robotic construction there. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. And part of it is, you know, with the robot, every single item off the production line is going to be perfect. You know, look at cars nowadays. You buy a car, the chances of getting a lemon are low. Even the cars that are poorly rated, it's not so much for the engine going bad or the suspension or something. It's because the infotainment system has lousy software. That's the biggest problem with cars <laughs> nowadays. It's the lousy software. It's not the engine. I mean, when I had a compact car, and I have a compact car now, so where have I changed? When I had a compact car in the 70s, I'd be lucky if the engine lasted 60 or 70,000 miles before it needed major work. Now I talk to people all the time. Oh, I've got my Honda Accord. It's got 250,000 miles or 200,000. I've got to do some, some work now and spend a few thousand. But yeah, but they got 250,000 miles on it. I mean, cars last a lot longer nowadays than they did then. A car at 10, 20,000 miles, just breaking in. How many miles does your yeah. car have? You have two cars. Well, how many, how many well, miles? We bought two, 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 new, two new Toyotas in the spring, so they don't have a lot of miles. But we, one of the cars that we got rid of was a 10-year-old Seat Ibiza, which had just under 100,000 miles. And to me, the idea of a car hitting 100,000 miles was, you know, this isn't going to really last that much longer. And it was starting to get old, the interior and everything was getting worn out. But you're right. We probably could have kept it for a bit longer. If um, you spent a little money. Well, we spent it a little money, but... So that's the thing. A 10-year-old car, which really has very little value, do you want to put more than its book value into updating it or upgrading it? You know, it's a tough decision to do we, that. 
We've got more to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Many medicines used to treat colds and flu contain acetaminophen, a pain reliever and fever reducer found in hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription medicines. But taking too much or more than one medication containing acetaminophen per day can damage your liver. So always read the label and don't take acetaminophen if you drink three or more alcoholic drinks every day. To learn more, visit fda.gov slash OTC pain info. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Food and Drug Administration. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're going to avoid iPhone 10 discussions beyond the production things because we haven't seen the reviews yet. We don't know if Face ID has glitches or anything. Kirk, you have an iPhone 8 Plus, right? I do. So the key here is that in terms of basic performance, other than Face ID and a larger display and the OLED and all that stuff, your phone will perform about the same. As far as I understand, exactly the same. And one of the new features on both phones is the cameras. Um, They have the same cameras. Uh, As you say, the OLED display, I don't think that makes that much of a difference, except maybe for power. Uh, I, I think it's it's exactly the same processor, uh, probably the same amount of RAM, so there's not that much of a difference. The difference with OLED is better blacks, richer colors, and when you turn the phone sideways, there's less deterioration in the quality. It's an unlimited viewing angle, but it doesn't really make a difference. No. I mean, I'm looking at my iPhone here. It's not a 8 Plus. It's an older model. I have no problem. It looks fine to me. The screen looks fine. And you're still going to have the expanded color gamut and all the other goodies on the iPhone 8 Plus. It's going to be larger. 
But then some people complain, what about the notch on the iPhone 10? I think that is in part a bit of an experiment from Apple. As much as it's an expensive retail product, they're trying out some things. There will be future models that will be different. Eventually, that technology, OLED or some other technology, the Face ID, if it works out right, it's going to be on of the new iPhones next year or the year after. So what you're getting here is version 1.0. And do you want a version 1.0? Obviously, a lot of people do. I can see the argument here. Well, I'm getting that big screen. It's easier in my pocket. I don't have to have something as big as an iPhone 8 Plus. I mean, to you, Kirk, that's got to be a humongous phone. It is to me. I've handled them. The 8 Plus, yeah, but uh, I think we talked about this on a previous show. Um, You know, I've been using the iPhone SE. If I didn't work at home, I wouldn't use the 8 Plus. It's too big to carry around as a daily phone. Um, But since I work at home, it's just the advantage of having the bigger screen with my aging eyes. It just works a lot better. I don't really... The the iPhone X has this funny shape where it's taller um, and narrower. And that just looks a little bit strange. Um, And the notch, um, obviously, that looks a little bit strange. But I wouldn't be prepared to spend what is pretty much 200 pounds more um, for the iPhone X. Plus, I think Apple Care is like 100 or 50 or 100 pounds and dollars more. I'm not sure exactly what um, what it was, but I think it's a lot more expensive for the iPhone X. So if you add in um, the iPhone plus the Apple Care, it's substantially more expensive. Let's see, Apple Care is 200. I think it was 149 on my phone. So it's another 50 pounds. So it's 1150 instead of, I don't know, 900, which is what I paid for mine for the same 64 gigs. And that's just, that's just too much. Yeah, I think it is too. I think that it is a phone that will be very popular. But the question is, is this a one-off device with new technologies or is there going to be an iPhone 10 version 2, Series 2 next year? Well, my belief is that Apple skipped the iPhone 9 because there will be an iPhone 9 next year. I, I personally think we're going to see this dual product line for two years. So on the one side, we'll have the iPhone 9, and on the other side, we'll have perhaps the iPhone X2. This will solve a naming problem, which is coming up. Do you want an iPhone 12? 13, 15, 22, uh, you know, you get to double digits, it's time to rethink how you name it. So maybe um, it's going to be the iPhone X2. If you remember, if you remember, Tim Cook called it the iPhone X at the beginning of the keynote. Everyone else called it the iPhone 10. And I think that that was a very clear sign that it will one day be part of the X series, X2, X3, whatever. Tim Cook doesn't make mistakes like that. I really don't think you know, he is, he always gets product names perfectly correct. Um, and he's got the teleprompter in front of him when he's giving a keynote. So him saying iPhone X is not an accident. Apple plays all these games. Speaking of hints and things from Tim Cook. So someone writes to Tim Cook. Lots of people write to Tim Cook all the time. But one letter comes from a Mac Rumors reader. What's going to happen with the Mac Mini? And he gives this kind of positive thing that they love the Mac Mini, but there's nothing to announce. It's an, it will be an important part of their product line, something like that. Right. And what this means to me is they chose this to be the ideal time because it's not going to be another Apple Media event this year. 
when the iMac Pro ships later this year, there's going to be a press release. There's going to be a new Mac Mini, but probably not till next year. And it may not just be a refresh of the 2014 model. They may have something that's been rethought there. But dropping this hint now, when he could have done it at any time, and this can't be the only letter he's ever received, what's happening with the Mac Mini. They chose this time as the perfect time because there's no Apple Media event to say, we got something coming, just hang with us. Okay, so here's a thought. What if there were a version of the HomePod that has a computer in it? Duh. Well, why not? I mean, the Mac Mini is quite small. Um, the, I'm, I'm looking at the HomePod webpage, and they show the layout of the speakers and all that. It, it would be not impossible for them to fit the entire Mac Mini logic board and RAM and SSD and everything inside the HomePod. Um, why not make a computer that doubles as something else? In other words, let's just get this clarified here. In other words, the next Mac Mini is going to be a HomePod with a computer on it. Why not? It, it would. It would. So the Mac Mini is a small computer. Um, it's generally used as a standalone computer. An awful lot of people use it without a display. And obviously, this would be a problem um, to, to put a display in it. But why not make a, a, a headless computer that can do the kinds of things that a lot of people use the Mac Mini for? I mean, I have long said that I would love to see an iTunes server for the home, um, a media server, uh, something maybe to manage all your family's files, because the cloud isn't ideal for everyone. Um, and, and you can do this with a Mac Mini. You can set it up as a file server using Mac OS X server. Sorry, Mac OS server. Um, it's relatively easy. Um, again, what's in the Mac Mini is very small. It doesn't, it, it's, it's the part of the laptop without the keyboard and the display um, and the battery. So it doesn't take up a lot of space. I, it just might be a ridiculous idea, but why not um, take the HomePod and throw a computer in it and say, well, anyone who wants a computer to use to share things at home, hey, stick in, you know, stick a USB jack on it to put a hard drive for time machine backups. Um, there's all sorts of things you can do with it. Okay. Okay. That's an interesting possibility. I agree it's going to be rethought. How it's going to be rethought is interesting. Apple also said during that meeting with journalists in early April, they mentioned some pro users. So there would be possibly a pro angle. Remember, one of the uses for the Mac Mini is to stick them in data centers for low-end web servers. And will Apple recognize that as a marketing thing? What will the Mac Mini become? And yeah, you know, the, the problem is these are two very, very different uses, the, the data center use and the home use. Um, and, and it's while they've been used this way, I'm not sure that that's the best way for Apple to think of a computer. Uh, they, to me, these are two different computers. Um, if they do want to have a small computer to use at home, um, depending on the use, whether it's connected to a display or not, um, whether it's used as you know a server by a lot of people, um, it's not the same usage as something in a data center. And in fact, I've always been surprised that data centers 
find these reliable enough. I mean, I know it's a fairly reliable computer, but it's not designed to be stacked in a rack. Um, the, the the way you get the way you see these when you look at these data centers that use Mac Minis. But they basically take the same computer and they configure it differently. When we had tried this, we set up an external SSD, and I'll tell you why we did this in a moment with Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. People search the internet for everything, including you. With a few clicks, information from your past can be quickly discovered. From business deals gone wrong, to misleading reviews, negative articles, and unflattering images. Studies show 78% of people search for someone online before doing business with them. Will they find the real you? With ReputationDefender.com, you can establish a positive internet presence. ReputationDefender.com pioneered the field with over a decade of experience, serving thousands of successful individuals and businesses. We use patented, award-winning systems to boost positive content and suppress negative material. Don't let the internet define you. Take control of your reputation today with ReputationDefender.com. For your quick, free reputation analysis, call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771, 800-831-0771, or visit reputationdefender.com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA Pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. Have you ever wondered why farmers can keep their livestock lean and healthy just by feeding them minerals in a nutrient-dense diet? Before market, they cut off their minerals, leaving them to crave high-calorie grains to fatten them up. So if weight control is this easy, why does the medical system prescribe invasive surgical gastric bypass for humans? The truth be told, according to research, you can avoid over 900 different diseases just by getting 90 essential nutrients daily. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com and order your Healthy Start Pack and get your 90 for life. Or dial 855-301-TEAM. I said essential, not optional, and every day. Easy. 90 for life on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com or call 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. 
Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com. At sonsoflibertyteam.com. Most people think life insurance pays after you're dead. That's true. But did you know you can have tax-free access to your life insurance while you're still alive? You can use the life benefits of your life insurance to grow your money with certainty and guarantees. No stock market risk, no tax risk, and no penalties. Call Life Benefits if you'd like a free book about how this can be done. Call 702-660-7000. That's 702-660-7000. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. quick reminder that we have a special feature of the show called Tech Night Out Plus. It's the best way to support the show. And all you got to do is go to plus.technightowl.com to learn how to sign up. Once you do, you get a version of this show free of the network ads with better quality audio, even when we have Skype problems. That's plus.technightowl.com. We have Kirk McElhern here, and we're talking here about the use of the Mac Mini as a web server. And what we did was put an SSD on externally. And the reason we did that is if anything happened to the computer, it's not such an easy thing to fix. You see with these big blade servers, like a Mm. super micro, you stick in a second power supply, power supply, a goes, it switches over. There's no redundancy in a tiny computer like that. But if your drive is external, of course you have to have, should have backups. Anyway, you have an external drive, the computer goes down and you, Pull out the drive, and you go to another computer, plug it in, you're back at work business. Yeah, the, the problem with the Mac Mini is you can't replace anything. Um, I, I've actually done this a couple years ago, and I can tell you that replacing anything in the Mac Mini is just a, a very, very delicate process. So you're, it's not in a data center that you're going to have IT administrators who are going to sit down with magnifying glasses and tiny screwdrivers and spend an hour or two replacing RAM in a Mac Mini or replacing a drive or something like that. So as you say, the idea of putting your system on an external drive makes a lot of sense because then you can just you know stick it on another Mac Mini and boot it. We never ran into that, but we had some really, really, really good experiences when we tried it for a few months. I didn't want to take the chance on it, but... The speed of our sites was just about the same as with the large server, partly because of the SSD. I think that was very much it. So it was a viable alternative. The other possibility here is, does Apple want to give the Mac Mini more high-end pretensions, make it a cheap workstation? And the reason they do that is, for example... There's an HP Z2 Mini that's kind of a Mac Mini with a more robust power supply. Would Apple consider a wider, wider range of possible uses? Well, they already do. If you if you look at the Mac Mini, the current and, and this is a problem, of course, that it's sold at three year old prices with three year old technologies. Um, but the price goes from let's see, five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars with different processors, different amounts of storage and memory. So that that's a very big difference. You know, that, that's a 100% price increase from the cheap to the more expensive one. 
Um, and frankly, $1,000 for that little computer today is just excessively expensive. You know, at this point, we're just guessing what Apple might do with the Mac Mini. The clear thing to me is they're going to do something, and it's going to be somewhat different than what they've done before, because they could have upgraded it yesterday with more powerful parts. They're not doing that. There has to be a reason. Yeah, but the problem is, and, and we've, we talked about this a while ago about the Mac Pro that was three years old before it was discontinued, um, that they're selling a three-year-old computer more than three-year-old, more than three years old now with three-year-old parts at today's prices. And that's a, a bit of a middle finger to Mac users saying, you know, this we haven't upgraded the computer, but you're still paying the same price. Um, over time, if they're not going to upgrade it, they should lower the price. And it's just not fair that they're, they're really gouging. I mean, $1,000, it's just no, it doesn't make sense. Right, but the thing here is it's four ninety nine right now in the US basic model. Yeah, Rob, but it's a thousand for the good model with more with a faster processor and more storage and better graphics. Or you go for the middle of the road at seven hundred. So let's say the seven hundred is the sort of normal price for the better model because the, the first model only has four gigs of RAM, a one point four gigahertz processor, which isn't that bad, but it's still a three year old core I five processor. Look, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I mean, you can buy, you could build a Linux computer for maybe $200 that'll do the same thing. Um, if all you want is something to store files as a server, you know, that sort of basic stuff. Uh, I, I just don't see people buying the Mac Mini today as an actual computer, a desktop computer. I, I used one for a while back in the day. But then, of course, Apple was selling a display that would work with the Mac Mini. They don't do that anymore. They, they sell the, the Thunderbolt display that can work with the MacBook Pro or I guess it's an external with an iMac. Um, but they don't sell a display anymore that can work with the Mac Mini. So you've got to buy a display from someone else. Um, it, it just doesn't, it seems like someone just forgot to delete it from the catalog. Well, whatever it is, it's still here. Obviously, Apple's going to do something. I mean, they're still selling the mac pro from 2013 at least they upped the configurations for the same price which i guess is the equivalent of a price drop to some degree so i can see there i could see them making the mac mini 399 hey we'll make it 399 till the next model comes out maybe for christmas you know have a last minute press release next week special yeah, for the holidays 399 mac mini it's not a christmas computer though you don't buy someone a Mac Mini as a gift. You buy them an iPhone or an iPad or an iMac. What can I tell you? And don't forget, don't forget that the iMac Pro is supposed to be out in December. Now, maybe when they release the iMac Pro, they'll release an updated Mac Mini. That's entirely possible. Um, but that, that would be almost a joke. You know, here's a $5,000 iMac and here's a $500 Mac Mini. Yeah, but why would you do it? So late in the holiday season. Yes, it's not specifically a Christmas computer, but you want to get these products out before Thanksgiving, yeah, except I for the iMac, the iMac Pro, Pro, which has a totally different user base. Yeah, the iMac Pro is very different. And, and you know, it's like when the Mac Pro came out more than three years ago, it was like Tim Cook said, before the end of the year. And it was like the last days of December that it was released, but it didn't even ship widely for months. 
Um, so I, I see the iMac Pro as being something like this. Y you know, we were talking about supply chain before, and it's a bit ridiculous that we just have to assume that every new Apple product like this, other than an annual product like the iPhone, is going to be um, not available for a very long time that the company simply can't deliver. But this is just what they've been doing in recent years, and, and it's, it's, it's a shame. Well, whatever it is, we can always hope that Apple has learned a few of its lessons with Macs and let it go with that. I'm very curious just to see a lot of things that Apple might have during their November 2nd financial report. That's the day before the iPhone 10 ships. What are they going to tell us? Well, they're not going to say anything about the iPhone. People are going to ask them and they they can give some corporate spin. I don't know. Okay, Kirk McElhern, for those who want to know more about the things you do, as opposed to the, the things, things I you do, don't, what you do you do? You can find me at Kirk. You can find me at Kirkville. It's www.kirkville.com where I write about Macs and iTunes and um, photography and I, you can check out my podcast, The Next Track, about music um, at thenexttrack.com. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us in the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? 
then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Ben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So we're talking with somebody I must have known for maybe 20 years or so. And he never gets older. I saw him on Skype. And he looks the same as he did 20 years ago. I don't want to say what I look like, Larry O'Connor, but I'm still here. And my birthday's tomorrow. I'll be 176. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. I don't look a day over 300. Let's get his book record there, hey? Well, something. I don't know. I think the reason I survive is there's a picture of me in the closet that's getting older. And that's my secret. So before we go on with anything else... It's one of these classic stories that you started Otherworld Computing. You were in high school back in the 80s. And what did your parents think of this? They didn't understand, to be quite honest. And uh, I was pretty focused on what I was, what I was doing, where I was going with it. And honestly, I, I, I can honestly say I don't think I, uh, even at that point, had an inkling of you know, what was ahead. You know, I just had a passion for these systems for looking at a, a better way and a, a more independent way to upgrade them and take them to their max, so to speak. And yeah, that's kind of where, where things headed. It certainly helped a third-party business person when Apple traditionally overcharges for upgrades for everything. Yeah, well, and again, I mean, I, I'll be objective on the Apple side, not just Apple. I mean, way back in the day, it was these some of these dealers, you know, some of these service guys as well. I mean, the, one of the biggest you know, motivators for me, or I guess say something that kind of got me Going in this direction and watching this guy at his feet up on the table, I had to haul my computer in. I had to, I don't want to say half my parents, but it was a, it was an hour and a half round trip to bring the bring my Apple into the store. 
And then, you know, when I figured out the time it took just to fill the paperwork out, you know, it was a greater period of time that it actually took to do the upgrade, which, by the way, I'd have to come back three days later to get. You know, he wouldn't do it. They didn't want you. I don't think they wanted you to know how simple it was what they were doing. That kind of motivated me to say there's there's a better way, and I'm, I'm happy to uh, help others facilitate that better way. And, and myself, I had limited budget, limited time. You know, why go through all that headache? You know, it's, you, know you got a, a relatively indifferent you know, support person that is overcharging on top of, you know, the Apple fee and everything else. And to be fair to Apple, I mean, I look at what Dell charges or HP charges. I mean, it's Apple is, is pretty well in line. It's a different model. It's a whole different purpose. But you know, that being said, it's it's great that, that we were able to offer uh, and continue to offer some alternatives to get, get people not just uh, some cost savings, but you know, more importantly, uh, even greater capabilities and greater uh, upgrades and I should say greater options and the upgrades available to them. Now, it's interesting here. I did this comparison. You're mentioning it. Apple is not the only company to charge a high price for things like drives or memory upgrades. I went to Dell's site, and in almost every upgrade I checked, Dell was in $30 within $30 of Apple. So it's pretty clear to me they are all watching one another when they set these prices. They're not set in vacuums. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I go as far to say that there's you know collusion and or well, not, not collusion, collusion or, awareness. And I even question the awareness, but I mean, I think for them, I mean, these are our base configurations. If we're going to upgrade, I mean, again, it's a whole different support warranty model, qualification model that you know Apple has, you know, and it's it's a margin center for I mean, It's no different than it is on the iPhone, going from you know thirty two to sixty four. It, it doesn't cost anywhere near what you know what that upcharge is, but. To them, I mean, it's like it's upgrading capability. So it's a different model, different pricing point. But you know, I agree, they, there's probably some awareness. At the same time, it, it just a, you know, it, it fits into a different calculation than uh, you know, we, you know, that we would uh, certainly come at. Now, looking at this, the thing that bothers me and a lot of people is that Apple has, in recent years, made it more and more difficult to upgrade something. Is there a reason behind that, do you think, that Apple does it that way? Is this something that makes it easier for them to make it thinner and lighter by eliminating that? Or is it a matter of reliability? What? Uh, it is certainly, uh, I think, in a lot of ways, design-driven and uh, even manufacturing efficiency-driven. You know, I look at the, you know, the iMac as a, a pretty good example going back to 2010 when they started to use, you know, they, they kind of started to go away from uh, you know, they, uh, they went away from their own thermal sensors, started using the sensors that were on the drives. They tried to get the hard drive companies all standardized in the same uh, connector for the thermal uh, center, the thermal data outline, but they didn't. And what you had in 2010 was a situation where if a customer had a hard drive fail and they took it into Apple service for you know, warranty replacement, unless they had the exact brand drive and capacity that the factory installed, the factory was using you know, multiple drives, it wasn't just a, uh, well, none of the iMac is it's not the most easy machine to work on in the first place, but it went from being already kind of a time-involved uh, upgrade or replacement to an even more involved where the, the logic board had to come out so they could replace the entire cable harness. Uh, they didn't have a, they ship, the system shipped with a, a Seagate drive, and they had WD in the service center. Then it, it was not just a drive replacement, it would be a whole uh, cable harness replacement. Or the flip side is to make sure that they could support all customers at all times. They'd have to stock all brands of drives and all capacities. So when the hard drive manufacturers didn't get you know, together and say, okay, fine, we'll use the same size pins for the uh, for the thermo, the data was no problem. It was the pin size. Apple said, you know what? Forget you guys. You know, We're going to give you custom firmware. You support that. We already have our own firmware on these things. And in the firmware, instead of using the read-write light for uh, access, because it's an internal drive, we don't need that. 
you know, we're going to use those pinouts, which are on the power side. We're going to use we're going to use those pinouts to uh, control, or just rather say, pulse us the thermal data. Great idea. It means now they don't have this one less cable they got to connect, or having their you know to this less copper they got to have in those lines. It's a it's an easier build. It doesn't matter what uh, drive the customer has, you know, when they go in for service. But now nothing off the shelf works. You know, you plug in a third party uh, standard drive of, of any brand model, and because well, it's 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 programmed to. With standard firmware that does read write, Apple then get thermal data, so it fails diagnostic and fans rev and everything goes haywire. So it did it, it, you know, it was we were happy to have an alternative solution, an inline adapter that does. It's actually got a got one of the first PC processors on it. Actually, a, a, certainly a, a derivative of it's actually got an eighty eight, a, a modern eighty eighty eight processor that does digital monitoring of, of temperature through our sensor and provides SMC with the digital data that it needs. In other so, words, your engineers had to really work hard. But let's get back before we go into do, the current again, stuff. It's a short answer to your question. You know, they did this because this, this improved their manufacturing, improved the serviceability, reduced the complexity. It absolutely made it much harder and, well, a little more, uh, you know, most people expect replacer. It made it harder on the customer, but it wasn't intended. And then you get to the the next version, you know, I think the 2012 IMAX, they're Beautiful, but it's. I think it's funny that you really can't tell, you know, from the front that they're thinner. Yeah, you really, unless you look at the side of the machine, it's you know, you're not really you know amazed at how thin it is, and it's still just as thick in the middle. But here's a case where they, instead of having something that was very easy to service for their dealers, their their service centers, as well as for the customer, now they glue the screens on, and yeah, that's. Now it's not a big deal actually anymore. Cutting with the right tools, and we provide a, a pizza cutter type tool now with all of our kits. It, it certainly induces more fear factor, uh, you know, the, the methods required to do the service on these systems. But Apple doesn't do things for us or for the end user for serviceability. They do it for, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, it's form over function. And, and that's really, uh, I think that that's what drives them more than anything else. And these super these blaze machines that are super thin, you know, they get everything glued in, soldered in, I mean, it's, it's far less than ideal. But you now it's 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 almost along the lines of this is what we want it to look like. This is the size and the parameters you have to work with engineering. How do you get what you? How do you get performance and capability into that space so that you know, we've got the thinnest, slickest you know, system in the universe? <laughs> Let's go back to that in a moment. I want to get back to that early history. Okay, so it starts out for something to do to make it easier for Larry O'Connor to upgrade his Mac. At some point, you make it a business. Where did you do that? Did you go to college or did you just start this in high school and just say, this is it, I'm going to continue? Yeah, I went to college for a couple years. Actually, I had a choice and uh, it was about 94 to either continue uh, my college education or put my time into OWC. And ultimately, I, I could do both successfully, not the way things were. I mean, I was, I'll be honest, I was burning out. You know, I was going back and forth, driving back and forth between Marquette, Love Marquette, great school. I mean, it was uh, definitely uh, the two years I was there. Uh, were you know very uh, I'd say uh, very important and very uh, beneficial, but ultimately uh, I chose to focus on OWC, and I, I would say that was the uh, the right choice. We got more to talk about Larry O'Connor, other world computing, been doing the peripherals and accessories thing back since the 1980s. Where to come on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you or someone you care about loves outdoor adventure, then check out Slingbow.com for some unique holiday gift ideas. That's Slingbow.com, where we have some innovative new products for the archer, hunter, or bow fishing enthusiast in your family. Now through January, use the promo code HOLIDAY to get free shipping in the U.S. or Canada. And from all of us at Slingbow Industries, have a safe, joyous, and peaceful holiday season. A commemorative President Trump dollar for only $5? Yes, the historic Trump dollar starts at only $5 at trumpdollar.us. Choose from our unique three-coin collection in gold, silver, and copper. The Vote Trump dollar, inaugural Trump dollar, and Make America Great Again Trump dollar. Available only at trumpdollar.us. Minted in the USA, our Trump dollars commemorate President Trump's patriotic stand. Order your Trump dollar collection today in time for Christmas delivery at trumpdollar.us. That's trumpdollar.us. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head? Comb it over? Wear a hat? Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to everyone who texts EASY66 to 85850. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part, Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let them show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY66 to 85850. Ask about the Bosley Guarantee. E-A-S-Y-66 to 85850. Hi, I'm Rick Osick, president of Famous Footwear. Every new parent dreams of bringing their baby home for the first time. But some babies are born too sick or too soon to come home right away. That's why Famous Footwear supports the life-saving research and programs of the March of Dimes, the leading nonprofit organization for pregnancy and baby health. Help us give every baby a fighting chance so that more babies can come home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.org.
What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Back with Larry O'Connor. I guess I've known him for probably 20 years. I used to talk to him briefly over at the Macworld Expos, where this young guy, you think it's a college guy, and he's doing this, and that's his business. Anyway, so is, was there a point in time here, Larry, before we get on to more current stuff, a point in time where your parents said, you know what, this is okay? You know, they always supported, uh, how they say, uh, they didn't say you can't do this, you can't do that. And I really wasn't impacting or uh, uh, causing any uh, issue for third day. They, you know, during high school, I'll be honest, I, you know, I, I maintained okay grades. I didn't, I put in the minimal effort to, you know, keep the, keep the B's and maybe a few A minuses here and there kind of gig. It wasn't my, my first passion. My first passion, you know, was certainly focused on this business, but nonetheless, no, my parents, you know, let me, uh, let me follow, uh, I guess, you know, my intuition, my impulse, and, and the dream. And I, I, I got to give them thanks for not saying this. You know, this guy's out of his mind. You know, what's I can we can't let him do this. He's not even eighteen. But no, they. Uh, I, I say they certainly were supportive uh, in terms of not being restrictive. If it's not and, too personal, yeah. what kind of businesses are they in? Oh, uh, my mom. Uh, how'd I say? And you know, she's you know, college college educated. You know, she uh, you know, she was business uh, before she met my dad, but in terms of her degree, but she ended up, she stayed home and she raised us. My dad was in the, the paper industry, but you now to his credit, you know, very early on, uh, he uh, adopted technology, really embraced technology. And he had a, a TRS-80 or on the nose, a Trash-80 back in the, the late 70s, uh, beginning of the, uh, the 80s. I actually got the program on that machine before I even had a, a Mac. And you know, my first program, he was on a, on a TRS-80. I got to help him with a program to convert uh, uh, standard tons to metric tons. I, I was lucky to have exposure to technology. And the biggest thing that you know, got me into computers, you know, my folks, it, it totally random. I have all the things to win. I mean, they were giving away, um, I mean, umbrellas and other door prices and whatnot. You know, they drew a ticket at a uh, at an event and they came home with an Atari 400 XL with a with a cassette deck. You know, how to say for uh, for storing your programs. And my mom would let me play games on it. She got me. She and bought the, the, some of the different programs and tools that would teach me programming. So living in the country, now there's probably where I was, you know, not including my dad's computer. There might have been another computer, you know, three miles away. There was no tech in Marengo, Illinois. There was, it was definitely not a, a how do I say, a, a haven or a haven be the wrong word, but a, a center of technological, uh, they say, a wonder. I mean, there was, this was cornfields and, you know, and soy fields and whatnot. I mean, livestock and country. So it was, it's, it was quite a, a a fortuitous, I consider really, really lucky. Uh, you know the different things that you now would end up happening. That they, they got me onto a technology path. And my dad, again, he embraced technology, used technology in his business. So I was exposed to it there, had access to it, to it there. And as I developed this, my own skill set, I was able to. There's things I could do for him, and uh, I got to. He got to see what I could do at a at a relatively early age. And at the same time, I had opportunities to kind of test, explore, and. You know, it was a good exposure. I worked for my dad since I was about you know, seven years old. And the work ethic and, the, and just a general experience from being in a, in a business environment, you know, shaped me uh, you know, substantially. Parents sound like terrific people. Very, very lucky. My mom you know, got rest her soul. I mean, it's, you know, the, the things she did when I was a kid, uh, make, you know, make sure that you know, I actually you know, focused on doing things versus just, you know, playing with the, uh, you know, playing the games and whatnot that, 
you know, my friends, what the regular Atari consoles were doing. They had really cool games for Atari 400 XL too. But nonetheless, she and my dad both, uh, I, I'm very thankful for. You mentioned one thing here, and I've really not talked about it too much on the Tech Night Out Live, but maybe because people like you and I would go to Radio Shacks back in the 70s and 80s and buy stuff. What killed Radio Shack? Is it because they never grew beyond the 70s and 80s and never embraced the current technology? You know, that's a, a good question. And uh, arguably, I mean, they didn't adapt to certainly the changing times, but from a a model point of view, I think they tried to do too much in places where they didn't have expertise and good understanding, and, and weren't in the market. They, it wasn't the right market for them. And, you know, it's it, you know when you're a private company, you know you can make decisions that are more long term. When you're you know, publicly traded or have you know private equity or other, uh, I guess you say uh, ownership involved, you know beyond the the founders and and the, and the management team of the organization. You know, sometimes you know there's the big drive for you know. Growth has to be X, Y, Z. You know, the bottom line has to be, you know, how to say this. And unfortunately, it can artificially, it can create decisions that, you know, might uh, attain short-term goals, but they threaten the long-term. And ultimately, I think Radio Shack, I mean, they, it was certainly sad to see, uh, you know, that institution you know, fade and, and, well, go bankrupt for all practical purposes. But ultimately, I, I did go back and it, it's just the, call it the modern pressures of, of a, a quarterly driven uh, you know, economic system well, you kind of look at something like a radio shack which i don't know how many stores they have left you look at a sears and i grew up sears was the catalog and the catalog store today sears is basically a real estate operation sure and they got a ceo that lives in florida that doesn't even uh, i don't think even goes in person to uh, to their meetings probably knows nothing about the business and of course they're selling off all the traditional brands you know we would buy Kenmore washing machines and dryers, and they were great things, you know, great appliances. You buy one of those Sears appliances, they lasted forever. They were well-built, well-reviewed, and now they just sell off the divisions to everybody. It's just cash was, exchange. Yeah, well, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, and now you got you know, really an organization that's taking the easy way out. I have to say, I, you know, I've, it's been a couple years since I've walked into a Sears, but the last time I walked in there... And I, and I only walked it actually was entrance to a, it just happened to be the easiest way to get into a mall to where the Apple store was. But I got into the door and you know, I had to walk through the entire store and, you know, there are reps out, you know, chatting amongst themselves. I stopped and looked at something I thought was interesting and, you know, nobody came over. It's just, they're not focused on, uh, on what used to be their business. I mean, here's, I mean, there's, you got to go up and talk to customers. And I think there's, again, as you talk about it, it's just a shift in focus. They've got leadership that's turned it into something it certainly isn't retail focused and not to say that's a, a challenging space that requires, I mean, embracing you know, the online and the offline portions, but there's a culture just the way the stores run. Yeah. You know, I honestly walk in there. You don't even feel like they want to be in business. Surely that was my uh, impression of the store I walked through. Probably through most of them that most of these people don't care. It's just a job. Getting back to your thing. We were talking briefly about Apple and making it difficult for their own reasons to upgrade the Macs. And we should point out something because you might remember this. You sent me a one terabyte SSD for a 2009, late 2009 iMac. Mm-hmm. And you get the front off with suction cups, get the glass piece off. And if you're careful, it took less than an hour to do it. You had to be careful about the wiring harnesses and everything. To be clear, the suction cup, the, the, you know, on the 
2009 to 2011, so actually, actually, I think prior to 2011, quite honestly, it's a uh, magnetic glass. You use the suction cups to pull it off, but it's magnetic. The egg, you get a glass, sure, a glass protector that's on by magnets, and then you can get, you know, then you can remove the LCD and everything. You know, once you pull the glass off, right? But, anyway. but that was the tool you used. But mm-hmm. now they've gone so thin that you've got to pull apart the adhesive. Of course, I'd never do it, but you do make it possible if somebody says, you know, I don't like the drive that's in there. I don't want the fusion drive. I want a pure SSD and you have them up to like two terabytes. And I want to do this myself. You do make it possible for a normal person with normal dexterity and skills to do this thing, right? Oh, yeah. In fact, yeah, every iMac, we've got support for every iMac 2009 to the the current uh, 2017 model in terms of taking that screen off and replacing the drive. And just as a, a really a, a point to to make it's not even they have just a fusion i mean a lot of people just have drives i mean never mind even upgrading just the serviceability hard drives fail they do i mean i hate to say it but i mean at some point you know the odds are your drive is going to fail whether it's at two years or five years that's the part that fails most likely and these machines are built to go for the long haul. i mean apple builds you know really good hardware and i can't say that enough i mean even in, in different point different points in my you know career path that you know, apple's done things that haven't always made me happy, and I wake up one day and say, you know, it's time to go PC. So we have to shift our focus to the PC because Apple is so closed, and, you know, they restricted limiting. I mean, they put up this barrier, that barrier. And then, like I said, you go play the PC laptop. It's like, well, heck, look what you get for, you know, 1200 bucks compared to Apple's $2,500 machine. And then you actually go play with it and go, okay, yeah, look what you get for $1,200. What a piece of crap. Forget the OS. Even the OS was Mac OS. It's like, okay, I, I get it. Arguably, you would pay pretty close money on a PC to have, in terms of quality and longevity, a machine that, as well as Apple builds, you pay a premium for Apple, but at the scale Apple's at, it's it's hard to match them in quality. So, uh, to the point on the the opening of these machines up, you know, if your hard drive fails on a, on your iMac, let's say you bought a 2012 iMac and just the drive fails, you know, and it's three years later, two years later, it doesn't really matter. When you go to the Apple store and you know want them want them to replace it, it's a, a fixed cost to replace it. It's only a couple hundred bucks, but whatever drive capacity you bought originally if it was a 500 gig even if it's one terabyte a little little bit better that's what they're going to put in there you can't even upgrade you can't say hey i want a three terabyte now you guys have three terabyte you know you ship three terabyte for my model can i can i you know when as long as i got to replace it can i at least upgrade to the three terabyte that's not even an option when i ask you about that more to come with larry o'connor of other world computing on the tech night now live Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Makes the perfect stocking stuffer. Get your Bug Assault today. Actual testimonials from real Numana customers. I've tried all kinds of food storage, and Numana is by far the best. I'm a single mom with two teenage boys and a full-time job. I don't always have time to cook a four-course meal. That's where Numana has been such a blessing. I can spend less time in the kitchen and more time on what matters most, like helping with homework. Find out for yourself. Order online at thepowermall.com. That's thepowermall.com. Numana is... Thepowermall.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So let me get this straight here to understand. I buy an iMac with a terabyte drive. The drive goes bad, I can't say, you know what, I'll give you $100 extra, whatever it is, put the three in there. No, we can't put the three in there. That's the way it is? That's the way it is. And they can't even just do it if you say, look, I'll pay you to open the darn thing up. But you can go, for example, if you don't want to do it yourself, you can go to a third-party shop and they can do whatever you want. Correct. And, you know, the third-party shops, you know, the, the one, the good ones, they stock our, uh, our iMac drive compatibility kit, which takes you to the SMC thermals. Because the only there's only two other ways to uh, to put a, a non Apple firmware drive into an iMac. If you're going to have just an SSD only machine with no hard drive, you would actually intend to do this. But you short the thermal line, SMC sees the uh, you know the you know the, the solid uh, signal as an indication that that's it being told there is no hard drive in the bay. I'm not going to thermally monitor or cool that bay. So that's one way to do it. Unfortunately, you put a hard drive in that bay and you don't have fan control over that bay, you will have an overheating drive that will cook your iMac and itself. The other solution is to install third-party software, which actually has a cost. And every time an OS update comes out, you typically have to update. The pain point of the OS update is you even have to reinstall from scratch. So we have a solution that's you know one, one and done. You, know, you install it in line and gives, uh, most importantly, now, unlike any software solution, it actually gives SMC that thermal data that it's looking for so that it can do its job as opposed to having to depend on third-party utility. Plus, unlike anything else, period, it also 100% passes Apple Diagnostics. So with our solution in there, Apple Diagnostics pass as opposed to you know, using that software, which the software will let you control the fans, but it, it's a fail on the, the diagnostic side because it doesn't replace SMC. Okay, this may be complicated, but it's basically saying they've got the hardware that allows it to function as a regular Apple drive, even though it's a third-party drive, without hacks or silly stuff. But let's go into this further and the reason why I thought about this. So I have, say, a iMac with a three-terabyte Fusion drive. And I've read about all the wonders of the Apple file system. And we talked about it in the previous segment, Larry, with Joe Kissel, who currently owns Take Control Books. We talked about the Mac OS High Sierra. 
and the confusion here about the fact that if you have a solid state drive, just a solid state drive on your Mac, it upgrades automatically. If it's a regular hard drive or a fusion drive, it may or may not be upgradable right now with the state of the beta, which I realize, granted, can be a source of unending confusion. But I'm sure you've played with it. Can Apple file system be used with a fusion drive because it's the combination of a hard drive and a solid state? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And in terms of the beta, you know, I can't comment on things. It, it, there's a little bit of what I can talk about, but you know, the, this is a brand new file system, Apple's first new file system, and God, I believe it's almost 20 years, to, how to say, a long period of time. So it's, it's you know, anything that Apple puts in the field, even in beta, you know, they want it to have a reasonable level of reliability. Plus, they don't want things being played with early or even us developers, you know, basing you know, certain designs that you know, we may have in mind for some of our drivers, some of our software systems on something that could still be in a state of flux. So, you know, we're going to see the release here. I, I believe we're going to see the release. I mean, we I have no no knowledge or no advance notice of the exact release date, but certainly within the next, you know, call it four to eight weeks, three to eight weeks, we'll see Sierra out there, and I'm sure it will have these issues addressed. So right now, the fact that on the three terabyte Fusion drive on some computers you cannot upgrade or convert to APFS, you kind of expect Apple will get that ready for the final release. Fusion's a huge uh, you know, piece of Apple's, you know, I'd say, OS, I'd say, performance hardware uh, strategy. So, yeah, I would be absolutely shocked if in the Golden Master release we didn't have the uh, Fusion support that we're talking about here. Do you have any insights beyond what you're telling us that you can't talk about? Well, that's always possible. <laughs> we have several software solutions, software uh, uh, applications that, I would say, depend on. Uh, there's a lot of change, I guess I should say, coming with 10.13. And we're certainly uh, you know, very much in the throes, uh, I'd say, ensuring that everything that you know, we need to see happen is happening for those software applications as well. And I know Apple is, is busting their tail to, to bring out you know, what's going to be a, a great OS. I like 10.13 because it's uh, APFS is, is, is a big leap forward in terms of the new file system. But you know, I'm excited that 10.13 also is you know, designed to be a step up. That's high Sierra. It's, it's a step up from Sierra. It's not completely reinventing every other wheel you know, when it comes out. Now, just to point out something about compatibility, I have a 2010 17-inch MacBook Pro, and that's probably one of the oldest configurations supported for High Sierra. I think the only older one is the 2009, the late 2009 iMac. Now, it's got a 500-gigabyte SSD from Otherworld Computing. Which I put in there was, I think the only problem I had was keeping track of those tiny little screws that Apple provides. Right on. Boy, I had to get extras. I had to beg their people to send me a couple of extras because I couldn't find it. Finally, I found them in the carpet, so I have a few extras. Okay. Now, I installed the third or fourth public beta of High Sierra on it, converting to APFS, perfect conversion fully recognized as a functioning drive, no problem, whatever. So the point is, whatever you do to make Apple recognize that device is compatible absolutely works from my personal experience. It's sitting right here and it's still working. I'd love to do the Fusion Drive on my iMac and we'll see what happens when Apple gets it out. But I'm wondering here also, the Fusion Drive is the great compromise where you have the small solid-state drive for frequently used data, and you have the big hard drive for storage. 
ultimately, we really want to switch to all SSD, don't we? Yeah, you know, if there's good management, you know, we've actually got a technology. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I mean, Fusion, you know, we, we see it. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a really, uh, I say, uh, it's an impressive technology, all things you know, being considered at the same time. You know, we and we're again. We've talked about this for a few years. We're, we're we will someday bring it out and it'll come out there. But in terms of the great compromise, the one thing I don't like about Fusion, if there's any kind of hiccup with the SSD or with the hard drive, you know that entire Fusion drive volume can can go down. And the worst part is, if you have a hardware failure, getting data recovered is really challenging just because of how the uh, the Fusion and the you know the SSD and the, the hard drive are linked. You know the uh, the transwarp technology that you know, we intend to uh, bring forth, which you know, puts together a uh, an SSD as well with a hard drive, but it actually uses the drive. The SSD is purely a, a, a replicated cache drive. You now everything that's on the SSD also lives on the hard drive, you know, and it's a little more algorithmic in terms of what it keeps. And there's some adjustments in terms of how you optimize. But the intention is to allow a more dynamic. Uh, a presence of useful data, active data, OS files, uh, you know, I had to say files and edit, you know, things you're calling upon more often to stay on the SSD and things that are more archived to stay on the hard drive. Fusion uh, frees up, I believe it's four gigabytes, but effectively Fusion, you fill up the SSD. As soon as the SSD is full, you know, it migrates uh, four gigabytes of data that it sees as the least uh, accessed over to the hard drive, and that's an ongoing thing. So it's, it's, not, as, it's not as dynamic. And then the other benefit that you know, we would see in, a, in our transfer configuration, should the, uh, how to say, should you ever have the SSD, something breaks, you know, the SSD goes down, or even the hard drive goes down, you know, it doesn't matter which device fails. You know, in the case of the hard drive, the full record of data is on the hard drive, so recoverability isn't an issue of you know, mapping out what parts on the SSD and what blocks are on the, the drive. Everything is in one place, and it's a much more recoverable volume. Because things happen. I mean, it can be a physical event. It could be a, it could be a flood. It could be you know, something that, you know, from an external influence that took out your devices. Fusion data recovery is is challenging. And, you know, backups are the number one best way to uh, prevent any you know, headaches. I had to say, should you have a, a hardware problem? But it still amazes me how, how many people operate without backup. And I don't just mean backup to the cloud. Actually, a friend of mine, she lost all of her, uh, she lost two years of, of, of baby photos because she thought everything was up on the cloud, and it said it was. And when they had a device fail, her iPhone failed, you know, they found out that none of the, even though it said it was doing whatever it was supposed to do with the cloud, none of the, uh, none of the photos were accessible. We've got more to come with Larry O'Connor. Fascinating stories there. Let's have Fluky more. things happen. I'm always, you know, I'd rather be, you know, when it's data, when it's, when it's things that are not replaceable. That are- I got to do the break, Larry. Okay, so we'll talk about it on the other end. More to come on the Tech Night Now Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. 
Attack of the Rockoids, and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-557-0158. That's 800-557-0158. Again, 800-557-0158. Guys, wouldn't your wife or girlfriend love it if you treated her to the very best this Christmas? Well, you can, and you don't even have to go out of your way. We're talking about the world's softest pajamas, available exclusively at pajamagram.com. That's pajamagram.com. Created by a team of dedicated pajama experts, the world's softest pajamas are lighter than a cloud, softer than a bunny, like cashmere, only better. She'll love the way the world's softest pajamas feel, and you'll love the way they look. More than a gift, they're a feeling, an invitation to relax a little longer. The world's softest pajamas are available only at pajamagram.com. Visit today and give her a gift that keeps on giving to both of you. Plus, you don't even have to wrap because every pajamagram includes free gift packaging and Christmas delivery is guaranteed. So visit pajamagram.com or call 1-800-GIVE-PJs. Hello, Mr. Anderson. The NSA has noticed how much time you spend on conservative news sites. We have no choice but to consider you a domestic terrorist. Tired of your internet activity being monitored by Big Brother? Get VirtualShield.com, the world's easiest to use virtual private network. Browse the web anonymously, leaving pesky advertisers and spies in the dust. Get started today at VirtualShield.com. Take advantage of our free 30-day trial. VirtualShield.com. You have the right to remain private. Excuse me, sir. Could you take a picture of my family and me with my cell phone? Sure. Poor Mrs. Anderson. Smile for the camera. Too bad hackers never get proper permission to access your cell phone or computer camera. Anyone is or could be susceptible to illegal spying. That's why VirtualShield.com has developed Identisafe, a new security software that blocks camera and microphone access from unwanted spies. Get started today at VirtualShield.com. Take advantage of our free 30-day trial. VirtualShield.com. You have the right to remain private. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So you see from Larry's personal experience there how important backups are. And I always talk the backup religion here, Larry O'Connor. So here's my current backup. I have 
one external drive with the Time Machine backup. I have another external drive with the Carbon Copy Cloner clone backup. I then have an offsite backup. I hope I'm reasonably safe. And I think that the people, for example, in the Houston area in Texas, hundreds of thousands of people, flooded homes, flooded computers, got to be a mess over there, expecting the same as we speak, possibly in parts of Florida and other countries. So we see this firsthand that you can't just live on one backup. You've got to have probably more than one, and local and off-site would be the best, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, if something happens, if it's a physical event, if all your backup, all your eggs in one basket, that basket goes down, now you're going to be in an expensive process to hopefully get that data back, if it's even recoverable. Got to hope, hope for the best, plan for the worst, and data storage is so inexpensive today. You know, the cloud is great. I mean, I, I think that's a good tertiary backup. But nothing beats having a good local backup and a backup that you rotate off-site. So that, you know, worst comes to worst, you know, that data is someplace else safe. Now, we were talking about this before, Larry, about the Fusion Drive considering an SSD. Now, to show you the difference here, Apple charges, I think, $1,400 for the 2-terabyte SSD upgrade. You're something like $800 for a 2-terabyte SSD. And it may vary a little bit. You may need a kit or something else. If someone has a three terabyte fusion drive, and they're not filling it near. Hey, Gene, we, we should also know that's $1,400 just to upgrade to the two terabyte. That's no, not I understand just to buy that. it. No, it's, you're not buying it. something. This is just to buy the product from Apple. That's, you already have this drive. That's just to pay for more capacity. I mean, it's, it's yeah, compared to the cost of buying it, it's, it's crazy. Anyway. <laughs> no, we get the point here. We're talking about a $600 difference. Is it better if you're not using all the space? to ditch the Fusion and go all SSD. Certainly be easier to convert to APFS. You won't have the vagaries of Fusion drives and the problem if one of the two mechanisms go. Wouldn't that be a better choice? You can keep all your active stuff, everything you need, you know, within the confines of whatever capacity SSD, absolutely positively. It's quiet. You know, there's no moving parts. It's going to be much faster. You never hit that, you know, that, that fusion wall when you, you consume the four uh, gigabytes, and now it's slowing down anyway in the hard drive. Yeah, for sure. All sorts of good reasons to be uh, SSD and you know, speed and efficiency, probably the, the main thing. And it's a single volume. Uh, all sorts of all sorts of positives. Now, when we look at the- capacities here, and the largest capacities currently are mostly two. Is there a three or four in our near future? Uh, we expect so. We we have a four terabyte in testing right now. So there's depends what you define as the near future, but certainly uh, within the next call it three to six months. I mean, part of the challenge has been the uh, you know, just working with the controllers and what's been changing in the the flash industry. Everything is going through architectural revision, update, and, and I guess you could say enhancement as densities move up and geometries change. So it's, it's always an interesting time. It's always an exciting time in the the flash industry. And yeah, that uh, add a shortage to that mix and. You know, that's one of the other things is potentially uh, somewhat limited uh, the higher capacities, mostly because with higher price points and higher flash costs, it limits the marketability for you know controller manufacturer to want to support us on uh, some of the hooks that we need to be able to go from two, or two up to four terabytes. So there's a zillion different factors, but yes, at this point in time, uh, it is safe to say that four terabytes is pretty close around the corner in a uh, single device. Plus, we got some really amazing external uh, uh, solid-state devices that'll go in the even more near future uh, up to uh, eight terabytes coming for plug-and-play. That's Thunderbolt three, I, I must say, but there's a lot of exciting, uh, exciting flash uh, solutions coming down the 
kind of come down the pipe. And I think 2018, we're going to also see flash prices start to get back into a, a better uh, better trend again. If the consortium with uh, Apple ends up getting to Shiba, that certainly helps Apple. But you know, the challenges in flash supply are, are more along the lines of just more. You know, there's such great demand coming mainly from mobile. I mean, mobile growth and the I say the uh, the acceleration or the increase in capacity per mobile device you know, is is grown so so quickly that it overwhelmed just the available supply. And that, that was our number one problem, just not having enough, just the capacity. Apple went from, you know, they moved everything from 16 to 32. You know, a lot of the other companies out there, you know, they, they follow Apple, whether they were eight and they went to 16 or, or, or followed Apple to the, the new basis. But ultimately, everybody wants more storage. Pictures are getting, photos are getting bigger. Uh, we have video going to 4K. The demand, and you're producing a zillion of these phones. And, you know, that's, had a major impact. It actually impacted uh, memory prices. You know, these, you know, especially on the Android side, where there's, you know, they're not as that OS is simply not as efficient as the iOS, and they it needs more memory, quite frankly, to match Apple's performance, you know, even with the same uh, you know, kind of processor I/O. So you saw another. There's a doubling, more than a doubling, in some cases, of memory being put standard on these Android devices, and that's what drove uh, DDR3 prices up. It's it's pretty crazy, but mobile. Is I mean the, the growth and the growth of in consumption of both memory and uh, and flash components and the the mobile mainly yeah, the mobile phone smartphone space has been absolutely nuts over the last couple of years. So that's kept prices from really going down. Is there a point though where like today I'm paying eight hundred dollars for the two terabyte drive? Is there a point where I can go and buy a two terabyte drive for two hundred dollars? Is that a pipe dream in the near future? Uh, near future, I'd say that's a pipe dream. For a lot of different reasons. I mean, down the road, of course, but I mean, we're, we're, I would say that we're a good distance off, off from a $200 uh, two terabyte. Well, I certainly look forward to it. Definitely, I get it. It's, it's, in, it's in all of it. We, we're all for better, you know, lower costs on these things. And I wish we could build our own flash uh, components, but on you know, those billion dollar fabs just don't, uh, it's hard to get the, uh, I don't have the check the right to, to do that and the technology and the patents and everything else, but. Now, even if it was, well, first of all, you know, the demand that would exist on flash capacity, if today there's a two terabyte, $200, I mean, we'd be, you know, it's just, unfortunately, we're not, it's, we're ways off from that. It'll get there, though. It will, everything will get there. I mean, heck, another couple of years, that's what, and, you know, you bring that up, you know, while it's not going to be $200 a year from now, it's certainly going to be a lot less than it is today, I'm sure, a year from now, whether we're talking, you know, I don't think, I don't know that we're going to quite have it in a year, but we'll probably see it, you know, call it $500 in a year. And going back to Apple and, you know, these soldered upgrades, you know, the biggest thing that bugs me about that is I don't need two terabytes today. And just as if I'm a customer, I know I'm going to want it. I may need it tomorrow. But if I want to have it so I don't have to replace my computer tomorrow, I have to spend the higher cost today, even though tomorrow it might be a four terabyte drive that I can get, that it's going to be in two years, it might be four terabytes for that $1,400 upgrade. So I'm in a rock and a hard place. I buy a computer I have to replace because, you know, because I didn't buy enough capacity or I have to pay more today for the capacity I'm going to need tomorrow, even though it's going to be worth a lot less tomorrow because the actual flash cost is going to become lower. So it's, there's a lot of different, uh, a lot of different things going on in terms of some of the, uh, the choice points. And the last thing, of course, is you know, most, there's still a lot of folks that haven't realized that that flash, that drive is soldered. And it's a real rude awakening when you walk into the store and say, hey, I love my machine. I got it six months ago. I'm, I'm running out of space. I only got a 2D6. 
know, can I get an upgrade to a, you know, can I go to 512 or a terabyte? And they say, wouldn't you like a new computer? We've got more to come with Larry O'Connor on the Tech Night Now Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Guys, wouldn't your wife or girlfriend love it if you treated her to the very best this Christmas? Well, you can, and you don't even have to go out of your way. We're talking about the world's softest pajamas, available exclusively at Pajamagram.com. That's Pajamagram.com. Created by a team of dedicated pajama experts, the world's softest pajamas are lighter than a cloud, softer than a bunny, like cashmere, only better. She'll love the way the world's softest pajamas feel, and you'll love the way they look. More than a gift, they're a feeling, an invitation to relax a little longer. The world's softest pajamas are available only at pajamagram.com. Visit today and give her a gift that keeps on giving to both of you. Plus, you don't even have to wrap because every Pajamagram includes free gift packaging and Christmas delivery is guaranteed. So visit Pajamagram.com or call 1-800-GIVE-PJs. Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to Nutramedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutralized the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Hello, my name is Marjorie Wildcraft. I'm the founder of The Grow Network, which is an online community of people who produce their own food and medicine. We are really into backyard self-reliance. If you want this lifestyle, I suggest your first step be to learn some basic home medicine. Just the other day, my 18-year-old son came to me and said, Mama, I got a sore throat. Can you fix me up? And I said, Sure, Ryan. And in about 24 hours, he was better. The best home medicine for you to start out with is garlic. It's an amazing natural antibiotic, and I can show you how to use garlic to handle ear infections, sore throats, colds, and flus. As a way for you to get to know a little bit more about me and the Grow Network, I've written up an easy introduction on how to use garlic. It's at gcnwellness.com. Now, the station manager told me that I needed to say the URL at least twice, even though it feels kind of weird. But if you're interested in backyard self-reliance, you are one of us. Go to www.gcnwellness.com and let's connect up. Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. 
You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual, and this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Now, I understand the considerations here in terms of manufacturing, Larry. They want to make everything slim, light, and that goes above everything else. But we're talking about someone here who they can't afford the 16 gigabytes of RAM they bought eight. That's what they can afford today. They can't afford 512 gigabytes of storage they bought to 56. And as you say, the dilemma. Why does Apple make this soldered? Is it really that much of a problem to have it that you can just plug it in? You know, arguably there's, oh, is it that much of a problem? But the short answer is no. I mean, the, the short answer is no. I mean, it, it is based on it's socketed. And it also means, you know, a customer opening the computer. And that's something they really would prefer, I guess, not happen. But call them their control freaks. Now, that, if nothing else, I mean, it is a space consideration. Depending upon the machine, that's not an excuse on the iMac 21 and the half inch. You know, thankfully, they haven't taken memory you know, access away uh, off of the 27-inch models. But it's it maybe a little bit easier. There's less. I mean, you do reduce the probability of somebody, you know, messing something up. But if that really is the reasoning behind doing something along those lines, it's, you know, you're basically looking at, you know, this tiny little 1% of 1% that create a problem. And it's at the cost and expense of, you know, the other 99.9% that, you know, this works out just fine for. It also hurts their aftermarket. Apple wants folks to be buying new machines every couple of years, from what I understand. And you now there are people who historically have done that. And mach- Apple machines really uh, historically have held their value really well, although we're seeing a lot more value depreciation on the newer machines now, except for, except for when they make a major change. Everybody wants the last model because they don't like the new model. Putting that uh, example off to the side, when Apple has everything soldered, when things are harder to upgrade or you can't upgrade at all, the issue, the reason that you know customer A is selling their 256 gigabyte equipped Touch Bar Mac to get a get one with a bigger drive is you know, that well that limitation is going to exist for the new buyer and with again every day storage needs going up it makes that machine a lot less appealing to anybody looking at it so that the value goes down as opposed to something where hey they know they can upgrade the memory they know they can upgrade the storage you know maybe the person who first bought it doesn't want to do those things that's that's the case with a lot of folks but hey they can get a decent dollar for it and the next person who buys it. You know, we'll take care of that. You know, they've taken away that option, and it's going to be really, really interesting to see just what happens. And I know there's still a lot of shock and uh, negativity you know, from folks when they buy this $2,500, 15-inch machine and find out you know, too late that the way they bought it is the way they're, they're stuck with it. There's, there's, the only way to upgrade is you know, the upgrade path when you walk to the Apple store is, we, well, here's the next model you can buy with a bigger drive. So it's, it's kind of tough. But at least Apple has done things with embracing new technologies that give you options. So we have, for example, the USB-C and the Thunderbolt 3. What opportunities does that give someone like you? 
again, I love Apple. I, I think they, you know, they're typically ahead of the curve on a lot of the uh, things that they do. But the new uh, MacBook Pros with just the Type C ports, you know, those are those Type C ports are universal for Thunderbolt three or for uh, USB, uh, say three uh, one. But only having Type C ports on these machines has left you know folks in a kind of a lurch where you know most devices you know today are still not Type C. And as a result, you have to have dongles and adapters for all you know, all these other, I won't say legacy, I mean, you know, previously existing you know, older peripherals as well as peripherals still being made today. And that's uh, you know, kind of created a headache. And, you know, of course, we're on the scene. We have a travel dock that uh, gives people USB type A's and video and Ethernet. We have our uh, Thunderbolt 3 dock, which has been raved as the best dock out there by a number of folks, actually. Guy Kawasaki uh, actually has a few of them, and he's... Uh, then, uh, how to say, uh, Tieran, it's, uh, it's good points, which is pretty awesome. He likes her doc, and we, we appreciate that. And as, as well as now the, uh, you know, the, the 10,000 plus strong that are using her doc out there, which gives you every port. There's a few ports that those machines should still have. I could not believe they took away the uh, the SDHD reader off of them. I don't know if you remember, Gene, when they first put the uh, the SDHD readers, I'm sorry, the SD readers rather, on the, the laptops back. I think it was 2010 or 2011. For just that simple addition of that, you know, that media reader port, they got raves. I mean, honestly, I dismissed this thing. I was so, so used to it not being there and you know, using other stuff. You know, I didn't even think about you know, it. It took me a moment to say, oh, yeah, man, all these folks, you got cameras, you're in the field. I mean, not having to have an adapter that, that to transfer your, your video, your pictures was fantastic. But they took that port away off the new machines. So Apple gives us opportunities when they take things away. But I think it's it, it still is a, a challenge. You know, when they're not giving the user what they want. So here's the machine, the uh, the new, you now the touch bar. We've got our deck in development. It's it's going to be well worth the wait. It adds uh, additional storage and ports. You know, it bolts onto the machine and, and gives you all these things. But you know, the the, the big thing is, you know, Apple gets ahead of themselves sometimes. I think, and you know, suddenly you have a great machine, but you know, it's missing some of the things that the pros and then general users need. And the opportunities we have are not the kind, in that case, are not the ones that we necessarily would like to see because they're just completing something that Apple, that the users, they, we talk to our customers, the customers say, this machine isn't complete without these things. And, of course, we want Apple shipping machines that are certainly completed at a, at a base level. And, you know, the real fun for us is with Thunderbolt 3, I mean, we've got the fastest bus-powered SSD solution that, that you know bus takes up a single port, and you're going to see 2,000 megabytes of throughput through this thing up to 2 terabytes. We've got our Viper that pushes you know, closer to 3 gigabytes a second, and you can raid a couple of them together across two ports with soft raid, and now we're pushing over 4,000 megabytes a second. And we show that at the NAB, which, you know, they were looking to make sure, I mean, let them touch the buttons and do you know, actually you know, do it themselves. They couldn't believe the speed. So now, let's oper- point out here, before we get too geeky here, Sure, we're talking about tools for people in the broadcasting industry, doing scientific work, making movie special effects, the faster you can push data, the faster you get your work done. And you're building a $200 million movie, and you want to get those special effects rendered, and you're doing the reshoots like they've been doing for Justice League, where they called in Joss Whedon to take over from Zack Snyder to kind of do some final touch-ups on the movie. And the guy redo some special effects, the faster they can do that, the less money they spend, the more they can ensure good quality because they can look at the final version and say, okay, we've got to fix this. Superman is not flying right. Yeah, Superman will be in Justice League. And they got to go back and do the special effect or fix it and refine it. But if they can move all that data faster, that's very important at every step. Now, I want to ask you here, speaking of pros, we've got the iMac Pro coming out. 
Now, other than the cooling system and the darker gray colors, it looks to be the same as the regular iMac with the same limitations. So you're going to have this super powerful machine with 18-core Intel Xeon W processor, 128 gigabytes of ECC RAM. It's going to be, what, twelve dollars to $15,000 fully decked out. But it will have the same limit on upgrading as you will with the regular iMac, right? That's true. However, again, with Thunderbolt 3 and even with the, the regular iMac today is, is quite a powerful beast in itself. I mean, you can go up to 64 gigs of memory. Even with the, the i7s, it's pretty impressive. So I'm, I'm actually really interested to see how the, uh, the architecture, how the, the Xeon architecture works out in the, the iMac Pro. With Thunderbolt 3, unlike Thunderbolt 2, you do have reasonable external bandwidth to connect things externally that can take you further. Now, the problem with the, the current Mac Pro 2013 is, you know, with just Thunderbolt 2, even with three Thunderbolt 2 channels, you've got less bandwidth than a single PCIe slot had in the, the prior, actually the 2009 Mac Pro, for that matter. And that's one PCIe slot out of that Mac Pro, which has four of them, versus using all three of your Thunderbolt 3 just to get the five eighths of that. And I want to take a step back. You know, we're talking uh, now these, these Thunderbolt 3 things and the, these really fast externals. The nice thing about what we're putting out there, these aren't going to be $10,000 drives. You know, we're talking about drives that are going to start for well under $1,000 for capacity that you know anybody uh, can take advantage of. So if you're doing photo editing, I mean, if you're an amateur, you're doing video work, you, you get your drone, you want to edit the video that you shot you know, on a flight, you, you're taking pictures of your kids, whatever it may be. You know, this stuff is, I mean, truly professional grade, you know, and it is used in video editing, uh, I say, for exceptionally uh, cool projects, you know, and, and real and motion pictures. But these kinds of tools, I mean, historically, and that's what we've always liked it. We bring down the barriers so that everybody can take advantage of those those kind of technologies. And the cost uh, to plug in an external SSD, even if you can't upgrade your internal, is going to be uh, it, it's going to be pretty comparable. It's not going to it, it, the new ports on these machines give great opportunities for external expansion going forward. We've got more to come. One more segment with Larry O'Connor. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 
365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Message and data rates may apply. Warning. Texting while driving is illegal just about everywhere. So if you want to take advantage of a life-changing LASIK offer, pull over when you can, because a special opportunity is just one text away. The LASIK Vision Institute is offering absolutely free evaluations and dramatically low prices on high-quality LASIK. Text the keyword CLEAR55 to 350350 to get the benefit of FDA-approved LASIK technology that gives the majority of patients 20-20 vision for a fraction of what others charge. Text to schedule your free appointment to see if LASIK is right for you. When you text CLEAR55 to 350350, you'll also get an extra 20% discount off our already low-cost services. We've already performed over a million procedures. Today, it's your turn. Discover how you can get the quality LASIK experience you've always wanted for a fraction of what others charge. This great offer is just a text away. Text CLEAR55 to 350350. That's C-L-E-A-R 55 to 350350. Age-related macular degeneration is a leading cause of blindness in people over 55. But with treatment, it can be slowed down, stopped, and in some cases reversed. Make sure you see your grandchildren grow. Protect your vision by requesting information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website fightblindness.org where I found so much helpful information. Or again, call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. With Larry O'Connor talking about the support for Thunderbolt 3, which may not mean anything, but it means hooking up really fast stuff to your Mac and therefore an affordable rate, being able to do things. Maybe you want to learn how to do movie special effects or something in your home and you don't want to have to spend all sorts of money. But looking at this here, imagine, Larry, when the first iMac came out in 1998, $1,299 using notebook parts, not a very fast computer. And now there's going to be a version that starts at $5,000. Fully decked out, it's going to cost, what, twelve to 15000 almost the cost of a compact car, in an iMac. Would you have thought of that 
back in 1998? No, if I had my way, they wouldn't have done it in the first place because I still think that design a proper Mac Pro with expansion and let people connect whatever display they want to it, quite honestly. So it's going to be interesting. But I give Apple credit for doing it anyway because, quite frankly, what they've done over the last few years has been disappointing to a lot of pros. So I, I hope it's everything that they're promising. Now, if that's the iMac Pro, what's the Mac Pro going to be like? The 28-core Xeon? Well, there's a limit. The core limitation has to do with Intel's architecture. So quite frankly, my expectation is that it's a modular version of the iMac without a display. You know, more. Hopefully, they bring back PCIe slots and give people you know, some real direct bus expansion capabilities, plus you know, the, the same you know, high-end features and hopefully more memory, uh, I'd say, upgradability than the 128. But you know, we'll see. There is an Intel 28-core Xeon. I don't know about the thermal requirements or anything else. Sure. It starts at $10,000 retail, like a new egg. And if you buy the one that handles expanded ECC memory, like more than, you know, a terabyte of memory, we're talking about lots of memory here, it's $13,000. So that's when I said 28 core. If they could run that chip in a modular Mac Pro, you're talking about a $20,000 computer potentially. Yeah, if you take a look at the original 2013 Mac Pro and broke out the components to buy at retail, it's an absolutely incredibly priced machine. So... Just the GPUs that they shipped in the base model, you know, would have cost you almost what that machine was. What, what you pay uh, for individual components versus the OEM integration side, very different, very different economies. But now you, you make a good point, and I, I'll still just take a, a big step back and say, whatever they give us, I hope it goes back to a model that supports, you know, future upgradability. When we were waiting for what the 2013 Mac Pro was going to be. People didn't want some fancy, you know, Iron Man trifecta, you know, super cool. And we're going to show how we can put three logic boards together and make a cylinder with a, a with a, a fun reflective uh, shell that looks cool. They wanted the Silver Tower Thunderbolt. All we ever heard is, hey, we love our Silver Tower. Can we get Thunderbolt into it? Is Apple going to do a Thunderbolt version of the Silver Tower? If Apple just provided a, a Silver Tower Thunderbolt, I, I think they would have had a lot more sales, a much happier customer base. It took them almost, well, it took them over three years to, I guess say that they had listened to the core and realized they might not have been perfectly on target with, with what they delivered. It was very disappointing that it, they, it took them three years to get to the point where they said it'd be another year to give people what they believed that they wanted. But our hopes are up. And yeah, that, that what you can put into this thing, if, if it's built right, you know, the sky should be the limit. Uh, 28 core, you know, notwithstanding. Even though Apple is perceived as having expensive gear, it's not that expensive when you look at the competition. So look at the iPhone. The highest price iPhone is $969 now for an iPhone 7 Plus with 256 gigabytes of RAM. Compare that to the high-end Samsung Galaxy smartphones with less storage, by the way. There's hardly any difference in price. Now, when you look at the 5K iMac starting at $1799, look at the cost of a 27-inch 5K display with wider color gamut. Just the display. And now stick a computer in there and tell me it's an expensive product. It's really not. No, I agree. The only place where Apple tends to fall down is when they limit the customer on what they can do to upgrade these machines because it becomes really expensive when a year from now there's something else you'd like to take advantage of and you're locked out from taking advantage of it. But in terms of the scale, and you're 100% right, look at the iPhone, the quality of Apple hardware, the quality of manufacture, even if they were at a small scale, I'd be impressed with. The scale Apple is, the consistency and the quality, it, it's absolutely you know, amazing. I mean, look at Samsung a year ago you know, with the exploding batteries. 
You know, that was, I mean, they, they produce a fraction of what Apple produces when it comes to that high-end product. Every phone they produce is an iPhone. It's not just, you know, a limited you know, run of a, of a high-end version, but they produce a few million units. I mean, they're producing hundreds of millions of these devices, and they do so with exceptionally high consistency and quality. You've got, your, you've got an iMac that's run and strong from so 2009, correct? Well, that was the one that we put your drive on, yeah. Right. And that runs perfectly. A PC from 2009 is probably, if it's probably been recycled, it's collecting dust somewhere. It's just not built that way. Apple builds really good hardware. Now, they certainly aren't perfect. There's You can build faster things. You can do things on average. When you look at the longevity, I mean, the quality of build is impressive. And those machines, they go to distance. And it's disappointing to me. Again, when you have a machine that they start to make it harder to upgrade and maintain, it's like you got this awesome machine that you know maybe just needs some service now and again. But when you take away serviceability, all of a sudden you know you artificially restrict the you know the lifetime of a machine that you know, really should last you know five to seven years without without a problem. Apple's proven they do. Well, I have a 2010 MacBook Pro. I have no problems with it. There's nothing about it that performs distinctively different. Two advantages: we doubled the memory from four gigabytes to eight. We got that solid-state drive. That's it. Of course, it runs a hell of a lot faster with that solid-state drive. But imagine if that machine you bought it, everything was soldered, and exactly on the drive was locked in. It would have long lost its usefulness if you couldn't add more memory or upgrade the, that hard drive to an SSD. Well, we need to do is take Apple executives, put them to a small room, and give them a couple of knocks on the head and say, what makes this a worthwhile choice? Tell us why. Don't tell us that only a few percent of people ever upgrade their Macs. Tell us about the people who do need to upgrade their Macs and why there's no way to serve them in a reasonable way. But I don't know. The media never asks Apple that question. I would ask first thing. You know, I haven't talked to anyone from Apple in several years, but I would certainly be asking that question. Why make it so difficult to upgrade? What's the logic of that? Especially when you have someone buys a computer... And this is a big stretch for them. They don't have the spare cash. They can't spend the $100, 200 or $300 or more to buy the thing with more capacity now. They're buying what they can afford. Why should they be stuck? No, we are in agreement. The thing that is hardest you know, for me to, to see out there were the, were the pros that have been Apple's greatest evangelists. I mean, out there promoting you know, Apple left and right that you know, started to fall off the bandwagon because... You know, they, they couldn't get out of those machines what they wanted, and Apple was, had stopped to them. It stopped listening to them, stopped giving them what they really needed. Awesome. You know, so, for the most part, I mean, compared to Windows, still a superior you know, OS platform, but when they couldn't do what they needed with the hardware, they, you know, they buy a 2013 Mac Pro, and two years later, you know, the GPUs aren't what they need for the current video requirements, and they've got no way to, to do anything about it other than, at that point, buy a PC. It's tough. And I don't know that Apple, when it made some of these decisions, really considered how vocal, how influential, you know, the folks that were pushing these machines to the max that, you know, did take advantage of the slots, you know, how much influence they had, just the goodwill that they drove out there in marketing for Apple. And Apple, I mean, at this point, I mean, probably, I, I don't know. We can we just maintain hope for the future. They're listening to their customers, and that's the most important thing. We want to find out more information about other world computing. And Larry O'Connor, where do we go? You can check out www.macsales.com and you can see all of our, uh, our engineering's uh, latest and greatest and other places to buy OWC products uh, via owcdigital.com. You can check us out on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You'll find Gene Steinberg on Facebook, the guy with the plaid shirt. He's still around. 
After all these years, at September 9th, he becomes a lot older. We can't even discuss that. We've got a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And we're going to talk about alternative journalism and paranormal research and such with The Dark Journalist. Oh, boy. Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. Don't forget, if you want to really support this show, we offer Tech Night Owl Plus, where you get a version of the show without the network ads and better quality audio, all for a low subscription rate. Just go to www.technightowl.com slash plus or plus.technightowl.com, whatever floats your boat, plus.technightowl.com for our low subscription rates and more. Ari O'Connor, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Hey, glad you're there, Gene. Good, good, good being on the show. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.